Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Okay, so here's the thing. You, me, and two other people are going to a restaurant, right? Okay. We're, at this stage, kind of... We're not friends. I kind of want to impress you a bit. I take you somewhere that I think's nice. So, we go to this restaurant, and we get served, and the starter's okay. And the main, none of us are happy with, right? Okay. I reckon it's undercooked. Everyone else says they think theirs is undercooked too. I don't know, again, whether it's a thing about the fact that we're not all friends and it's kind of embarrassing. And if I'm saying to you, this is awful, isn't it? You know, if I'm paying for it, is everyone else going to coincide with me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we complain. And, you know, fairly stridently complain to the point where um, the manager comes over and he says, right, okay, your bill's come to £220. I'm going to knock it down to 140 How do you feel about that? Wow. So, Pretty good because it's not it's not the whole meal. It's just the main the main dishes that you're c- concerned about. So we'll knock some money off, but not the whole thing. You understand that, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So take the money. I'm still feeling a little bit sore about the fact that it was still it wasn't a massively expensive meal, but it wasn't a cheap meal by any means. And so I go home and I get the computer out and I write my feelings about it. What to, online to you? Oh, online as Facebook. We say. I thought it was just like a little note to yourself. Facebook. For future. Or Facebook. Yeah. Publishing to the world. Yeah. And here's what I write. The guy that was the manager on the 16th of August 2018 was very abrupt and confrontational, disrespectful, and in general an absolute disgrace. He clenched his fist and told us after ruining our meal that he will not even take off our meal that was massively undercooked. He obviously had an ego. Cut a long story short, he ended up sending his waitress over to sort the bill. I feel so embarrassed after taking a few clients out for something that other customers rant about how good it is. I thought they could at least be professional. Completely unresponsive to our comments, being frowned upon in a polite manner. I'm lost for words. Completely thrown, I'm sorry to say. Well, how rude was the manager if he's giving them £100 off the bill? This is the thing. There's no mention of that there, is there? No, that he accepted that money. Right, so... Bearing in mind we've paid 140 for something that should have come to 220 but, you know, if the meals were undercooked, then you don't want to pay for them. I get it, right? Dear Sam, thank you very much for your feedback on social media. Hmm. As a group, we obviously cannot exceed your expectation. Therefore, to avoid future disappointments, I would like to inform you that you won't be welcome in our venues ever again. <laughs> that includes Mimosa, Hudson, Cube and Pavilion. Kind regards, the manager. Wow. Banned for life. From everywhere in the chain. (laughs) Who's right? Who's right? Because at first I thought, right, here's the scenario I'm imagining. This guy's taking people out to impress them. It's embarrassing when it's not up to standard. Yeah. I'm wondering whether there's a bit of willy-waving involved and showing off a bit. And maybe it got confrontational. Oh, I see. So he upped the ante by being testy is what i'm wondering for the manager to go away and then to send someone else and they're the one who who sorts the bill out suggests to me that those two people couldn't work it out themselves but we're guessing yeah we don't know what we do know though is they accepted that less that smaller price and then went home and complained about it again now it's that bit that i wonder about because i don't know i'm not a massive complainer 
But if I do have cause to complain about a meal and they sort it out, whether it's with a different meal, if you complain early enough or they go and cook it better for you, yeah. or they knock the money off, if, if what's happening here, I suspect, is that they're waiting until the end of the meal and then say we're not paying that. Yeah. I think if you've taken the money off, that's the, that's the thing settled, isn't it? Yeah, he's um, just having a little whinge. Uh, it's ridiculous because he took the money and he doesn't even mention that in his Facebook post. Doesn't, does he? It's not interesting. So the manager doesn't want anything to do with him anymore. No, because he knows he's a troublemaker. I mean, that's the key. But if he feels like everyone thinks that restaurant's brilliant and he was let down, has he got... Has he got has he got an obligation to tell people about it? No, here's the thing. When you go on Yelp or any of those sites, you know how to read between the lines. So you can see where the consensus is on a restaurant. And then every now and again, there's somebody wanging on about, they didn't read my mind about X, Y, and Z. It's some unreasonable, you know, I didn't like the colors of the tiles in the toilets or something. Yeah, and I know. I'm I think at he's this, one of those guys. I'm looking at this message and you know what I'm getting? <laughs> The whiff of revenge. Yeah, it's not passing the sniff test. Someone felt that they didn't get exactly what they wanted in front of their clients, maybe. Yeah. And they're taking their revenge in the most public way. Because yeah. that, as you said, doesn't mention that there was an agreement reached. Well, the other thing, Catherine, is that with the the allure of social media for very limited individuals is that idea of telephone tough, that you can just go, rawr, uh, and be bigger and supposedly more self-important than you really are. So he's taking advantage of that. He's uh, having a little you know, throwing his toys out of the pram moment. I mean, I was uh, a couple last week I was in Los Angeles and was having a meal at a brand new Mexican restaurant and was enjoying my melted cheese fundido, queso fundido. And it wasn't quite so fundido when I took a mouthful and there was a piece of plastic Ooh. on my tongue. And it turned out it was like the cutoff corner of their the cheese, the way they'd stored it. So I showed it to the waitress. I said, oh, you got to know about this. And of course, she was very apologetic, went back. The owner came out because it was a brand new restaurant. And he was overseeing everything. And, and he couldn't have been more apologetic. And he explained exactly what that piece of plastic was and how they had, you know, they hand make this special vegan cheese. I was with somebody who was vegan. I'm not a vegan. And, you know, they pre-package it, and so it gets the portion size right, and then this little corner of the uh, packaging fell into it. And so, obviously, he took that off of our um, our bill and then offered us a free dessert, and we got a free drink. So Beautifully handled. It was fine. It was happy. You know, everyone was happy. And it, the, for, so for this guy, I sense that you are correct, that this guy made a song and dance to the manager to show off I mean, of course, we're going down this avenue of painting a terrible picture of this man who perhaps was completely humiliated by a terrible individual. I don't know. I think that the way he reacted on Facebook kind of undermines any point he may have had. Big man, baby. Yeah. Not I buying know. that. I really do judge people on how they treat people in restaurants. Well, if they treat waiters and waitresses, people on uh, cabin crew on planes, anyone who is there ostensibly to serve you. I take great offense if people are rude to them. You know what? Here's uh, something that I witnessed once in an Indian restaurant in London many years ago. I was so impressed with the staff because there was a man very inebriated eating on his own in a corner, big pile of curry in front of him. <sighs> he pushed himself past his limit. He started to 
enjoy a little bit of a barf into his plate of brown gooey curry, adding to the general slop. And then, after he finished disgorging the contents of his belly, picked up his fork and calmly commenced eating what was in there. It was spicy! Who knew? He was, you know, he's recycling. So the staff noted that this was going on and came running over. Excuse me, sir. No, no, you can't eat that. Let us bring you a a new plate. And they, you know. Wow. And he was oblivious. Now, I know places that would have just chucked him out, but they were there in a caring capacity. In a caring capacity. They need this man to be fed. They know he he has to line his stomach with nutritious curry. That Even though he's done a Mr. Creosote (laughs) in the corner of the restaurant. He has uh, investigated the contents of his stomach in a way, in a fashion that was affronting to all diners, except for me. Apparently, I was the only one who was able to continue peacefully eating my food. <laughs> people at my table were appalled. Like, how can you eat through that? Like, well, I don't know. It's like... <laughs> it's it, kind it's, of peckish. It's, yeah. It's, it's dinner theater. My first proper boyfriend had many black marks against his name by the end of the relationship. That's why the relationship ended. But one of the major flags, red flags, I saw pretty early on in the relationship was he did not believe in tipping no Mm -hmm. he was one of these people and i think he got it from his dad it was one of these people it was no one tips me for the jobs i do well they decided to take this work on uh, and i just thought god what difference does it make to you a couple of quid it's so exhausting but it's not that thing of um you know the thing that old people do god bless them who um it's like well back in you know 1947 a dollar was a great tip or whatever it is. Yeah. Here's, you know, here's two pounds. Um, you know, here's the change. Here's some coppers. And and then you have to kind of sneak back so as not to embarrass your elderly relative and, you know, yeah. slip a little Do bit more right money thing. in there. I feel sick if I'm if I've missed a tip or whatever. The other day when we went out, we went out to um, eat something. Yes. And I realized there was a tip bowl because you put a few a quid in it. And I thought, oh, my God, I've just been paying and not thinking about no, it. No, but, but... It was included in the bill. included right? in the bill, but I just... But even so, I when th- you did it, I thought, <gasps> she must think I'm awful. No, I think I was just trying to s- subconsciously impress you. <laughs> well, and you ma- did. And make you think that I was, like, really caring and solicitous. I think I just got hornswoggled and finagled into putting I just saw the tip bowl and I robotically put my hand in my wallet and threw some coins in there I was a waitress for about a year or so when I was a student in a Mexican restaurant and it was a it was really hard work I used to go home smelling of like Mexican food and it took a good you know maybe good good long shower to get 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 the smell out of my hair and everything yeah I was going up and down stairs it was in an old Victorian building so the stairs were narrow I am the clumsiest woman in the world so it's amazing that I didn't end up wearing that stuff more often um but i remember one night my boss came over and said listen my bank manager's coming in with a couple of clients don't serve anyone else all night i want you to be at her beck and call oh so there i am and i wasn't overly kind of clingy with them i didn't do that thing of can i get you anything and i wasn't you know uriah heap but i was you know i made sure that when one meal went it wasn't too long before the next one came. They were their drinks were always topped up. That th- whole thing. I, I was basically their butler for the night. Yeah. And when they left, I got a tip of ten p. That is derisory. I mean, that is a statement. Yeah. They're trying to say that you're worthless. Yeah. I mean, that's worse. That's than, ruder than nothing. Yeah, it's ruder than nothing. I'll never forget that ten p. Yeah. And I'm wondering whether 
I mean, she knew the guy who ran the restaurant, so she knew that was going to get back. What the hell was that all about? Either she hated him, or she hated me, or she'd run. She got. They were quite drunk, or she'd run out of money. Yeah. But God, Tempe, please no. Yeah. That, I mean, and also, if you run out of money, you just go. This is totally mortifying, but I've run out of money, and yeah. I can't leave a tip. I am so so sorry. Say I mean, something and, to me. And then yeah, then you're like, oh, okay, well, yeah. Yeah, Tempe. So that's possibly why I'm. Uh, I get really, really uh, yeah. pissed off by yeah. people who are rude to waiters. Agitated, militant. Oh, th- for sure. Let's have a word with Alan Caddick. I bet he's never rude to people oh, in yeah. restaurants. Oh, hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey! Just springing out like a jack in the box. <laughs> he's been waiting for his moment, and the moment has arrived. Yes. I want to apologise for last night's day bark. <laughs> last night's day bark. Yeah, there wasn't a day bark or a debacle even. Well, who do you say? I missed the memo last night, but I'm on the board tonight. Okay, go on. What have you got for us, Alan Caddick? Um, you were talking about being banned from a restaurant. Yes. I've got a life ban of my own. <laughs> he said proudly. Yeah, proudly. <laughs> yeah, don't think you're the only one. <laughs> what did you do? I blurted out the N-word. What? I blurted out the N-word. What? I could, you know, the N-word. Please tell me not the N-word we were discussing yesterday. Uh, it was a, a bookmaking establishment. Are, are you, are you, do you have Tourette's in this regard? Like, why do you keep returning to this topic? I mean... No, this, this is relating to tonight. Because you were talking about being banned for life. Yes, I know. And it me to be banned for life from the bookies. Wow. Right, well, I mean, I'm already on their side, Alan Caddick. Well, I did apologise, but no chance of parole. Well, I'm not surprised. What on earth were you thinking? Oh, I, I had a bad day. Uh, I know I should have took it out on the person. If I had the chance to apologise, I would. So you said it to someone? In temper. Oh, oh no. Cads, no. This was before Play Radio days. I was young and naive. Man alive. I've learned my lesson there. What, because you got banned, or because you feel bad about being horrible to someone? Both. (laughs) Cads. But like I say, if the governor was here, he would have been really offended, wouldn't he? Well. I'm not angry, Alan, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed in myself. And this was like ten years ago, and I'm still living with the same ever since. Is that person still working in that place? No. You you probably scarred them for life. Yeah. But put it this way, they're still... I'm on the wall the same in that place. (laughs) Yeah. I'm afraid, Alan, you deserve to be. Well, I've learned a lesson here... Keep me opinions to myself. It's not even an opinion, Cads. Just don't say that word. What word? The <sighs> word that got you banned. I think it's no, kind of... supposed to say exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I say, today's another day. Okay. Just... And I'm and I'm feeling good about the football. Okay. Why? Because my team drew tonight. Well, they didn't win. But but it didn't lose. That's the main thing. (laughs) Glass half full. That's the spirit, Cads. It was against Brentford. Oh, right. The the bees. 
Okay, well, look, we were mildly interested in your mood. I don't really don't care about the result, but thanks for phoning, Alan Caddick. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I mean, this is the thing about football types. You show a small amount of polite interest and they start giving you the rundown. Not, not interested. They're, they're trying to force knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I could nod and smile, but I've had 42, 41 years of uh, living like that and I'm not doing it anymore. Good. Because my dad's a football journalist. So I was is force he? fed it. My God, yeah. Ugh, ugh, can't stand it. Roger. Hello, Catherine. Hello, Katie. Hey. Hi, Roger. Now, y- today was D Day for you. Yeah. And you're sounding upbeat. Mm, yeah. So go on, what happened? Took her in this afternoon. We're talking about the cat? Yeah, talking about the cat. Okay. Uh, the veterinary nurse checked her, confirmed that she was a girl and that she was unchipped. Oh. Took her back an hour later for a vet's appointment for a checkup. So the vet's checking her over. We're talking about the circumstances to which we acquired her. The vet scanned her for a chip and found a chip. Oh. She's reunited with her owners. Oh, it's sort of, it's a happy ending, but also a sad ending. Yep. But what this shows, Roger, is that there is room in your heart for a cat. Yes, I'm going to find another, I'm going to find another cat to adopt. Don't it's worry probably about for that. the best, because you imagine that cat that you get, you're going to be absolutely devoted to. I'm hoping that they're the owner of that one has missed them and will treat them right she had been missing since the 11th of july <gasps> oh wow that's a long time so you're you were a total conquering hero as far as that cat's owner what was the cat's name In i your- didn't get that did, i forgot to ask i didn't get given oh. any i didn't get any information all i knew that that contacted the owner the owner spoke to the receptionist uh, they must have been over- grateful yeah they must have been overjoyed yeah Oh. You yeah, did the right uh, thing, Roger, even though yeah, I'm sure you're a bit heartbroken. Yeah. I, at the time, I was absolutely gutted, but it's the, it's the right result. She's yes. reunited with a loving family. Yeah. And then and I can get an apology from Mr. Ian Lee for accusing <laughs> me of stealing a cat. Exactly. You didn't steal it. You borrowed it for a bit. <laughs> well, you yeah. rescued her. Yeah, but as I said, as I said on Monday night, my mother stole the cat. Right, go on. We we need this story because we yep. you called in at too late towards the end. We didn't get the full uh, the full gen. Yeah, um, there was a neighbour with a cat that kept coming to our house. This this was when oh god, I must have been seven or eight, maybe younger. And it kept coming to our house. We knew it were mistreated. Uh, I think her, the 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 lady's boyfriend at the time was kicking the cat oh. stuff like that I said it was this it, your story about your neighbour's cat reminded me of this mm. and so my mum was like right we're keeping him he keeps coming he keeps coming here we're keeping him and we did <laughs> and were the neighbours bothered? very oh and all my all my mum said was well if you want to go that route well I'll uh, call the police I'll call RSPCA I'll Get them involved. Right. So you managed to, the cat always stayed with you? That was yep. the new home for? Yep. He was a very wild Tom. Mm. And back then, back in the 80s, 
you know, people were a little bit more irresponsible with their animals as compared to today. Mm. There was a neighbourhood, there was a three-legged neighbourhood dog called Scamp. <laughs> we had one of those. I wonder if it was the same dog. Or <laughs> <laughs> he's ended up with a school always, playgr- playground. You'd always, you'd always see it out. Yes. It was always out, and it was just a normal thing to just see a dog roaming round. They used to take themselves, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Which is why I was always the kid that walked in dog poo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and uh, he hated men. He hated me, Dad. Gosh. He was savage. Uh, it has an unhappy ending. I can't remember how long we had. We had him a fair few years. And he, used to, he, he did used to wander. He'd, he'd disappear for a week or two and come back. Well, he'd be, had he been done? No. Well, that's what they do then, isn't no. it? Yeah, I know. And he went on his one of his wanders, never came back. A few months later, my dad heard somebody talking on a bus about a cat that had been coming round to their farm, bothering, uh, you know, because of their, you know, female cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was wild and savage and attacking people. Yep, that was Vienna. And uh, apart by the sounds of it, the uh, farmer dealt with him. Oh, wow, that's he was a, he was a, he, he was he only ever bit me once <laughs> when we were play fighting, and he uh, immediately re- reacted and was sorry for what he did. Really? Yeah, yeah. They're usually remorseless. How did he indicate his... uh... He just immediately stopped and backed off. Uh, But as I said, he hated men. So I think think that's why he were... I'm I'm guessing he were going for the the guy that my dad overheard. Yeah. Because he was a vicious little thing. He... uh, There was a neighbourhood dog... And it got into, my mum was sat in the back garden once, and this dog got into our back garden, sneaking up, sneaking up towards the cat, thinking, ha, 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 I'm going to get you. <laughs> the cat's got half, half, half of one eye open. As soon as, the cat, as soon as the dog got in range, the cat leapt up, jumped on the dog's back and sank his teeth into his neck. Fearless. Yep, the, the, the cat was nuts. But he was your cat. Well, kind of. <laughs> kind of. You don't, that's, that's the thing. You don't own cats. No. If a cat, if a cat's, if a cat's mistreated, a cat will just go. Yeah. You can't really blame him either. Yeah. As, as I said, if as, as I said, if if my mum was in your position with that neighbour's cat, she'd have took she'd have took it. No yeah, question. Yeah, I would have taken it, but my uh, husband is really not a cat man. Yeah. Well. It, they are an acquired taste, I guess. Oh, apparently there's, there's more cats, there's more pet cats in the world than dogs. I can believe it. I can believe it. I quite, oh. I quite fancy having one myself, but like I say, it's not just up to me. Yeah. And the kids have said to me, why can't we have a kitten, mummy? Why can't we have a cat? And I said, well, I mean, I would like one, but daddy says no, and it'd be a choice between daddy or the cat. <laughs> and I've got to say, there was a very uncomfortable pause. <laughs> oh, Roger, let us know how you get on with your new cat, when, as yeah. and when. Yeah, I will, don't worry. Take care then. Thank you. Cheers, bye bye. We'll take your call coming up next. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You're listening to Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. To Berkshire now and Dion. He's on the line. Hi Dion. Yeah, good evening. Hello. Hello. Nice to hear from you. 
Yeah, first time I've talked to you. It is, but I've heard you speak many a time to Ian. You've been ringing him for years, haven't you? Off and on. Um, I stopped for a good few years. Yeah, what fell out with him? Everything. Um, just work and everything. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know, I suppose. He, he used, his family lived at the back of where I lived. Did they? Yeah. What, in a house or just, just nah. feral? His dad is, yeah, and he went to school with my niece. Did he? That's all right, yeah, he was just a neighbour and that. Not anymore. No, no, obviously. Yeah. So what are you you ringing to tell us tonight, Dion? Right, you're on about a restaurant. Yeah, go on. Um, I remember, I I worked as a barman in an Indian restaurant, and and it was quite weird, really, The, the bloke who ran it. You know the slops in the tray when you pour drink? Oh, yeah. He told me to pour it back into the drink. Shut up, that's disgusting. Oh, yuck. Yeah, and obviously, being an Englishman, I just couldn't do that. And all the tips, because I used to take all the money with people paying their meals, uh, all the tips went to him. He wouldn't share them out with the staff. Hey, you know what, though? That's quite common practice these days, isn't it, for these big companies? Well, I'm talking about... 1981. Right. Oh, that's and, not on. Yeah, he was unscrupulous, that guy. He was, yes. And, you know, I I took the job because I like Indian food. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> a perk. Freebie as well. Okay. But apart from that. Did, but, they, did they pay you as well, or was it just payment in curry? No, I got paid. It Good. was about, about 75p an hour. God. Yeah. But... The thing is, I mean, now I, I don't do that. I've grown up since it was a long time ago. But if I go to a restaurant and I'm not happy with a meal, which I have been a few times, I'm not arrogant. I won't argue. I would just leave a pound on the table. I never got a lady with my, say, my ex-wife or someone. I would just leave a pound on there and walk out. Right, so you will leave a tip then? I will leave a pound. I won't pay for the meal if I don't Oh, run. right. Okay. Oh, he, he does a runner. Well, yeah. No, but, I don't do a runner. I'll tell them. He gives them a nominal yeah, fee. Happy, you pay You pay for what you think it's worth. And I will leave a pound because there's some law or something. I left what I think it's worth. Wow. Don't you have to have a conversation with them, though? I thought you had to give your... Well, I did. Yeah. I, I was there with my ex-wife and... Um, her steak was different than mine. I like a teriyaki sauce, but they put the teriyaki sauce on her steak, and I tried to explain. And they said, well, just scrape the teriyaki sauce on the yours. <laughs> oh, where are you, Faulty Towers? Well, something like that. <laughs> it was a well-known... I'm not going to mention the name of it. No. But... But did you eat it, Dion? And... I just can't believe it. But so. did you eat it? Because I think if you've eaten it, you've got to give them something. I mean, and more um, than a pound. I had a little bit of it. And <laughs> just a taste. Do anything? So I just left a pound table. Did you have pudding? No, I don't eat pudding. Did you have a starter? No. What? No prawn cocktail. Me and my ex-wife, we had a steak dinner. Yeah. And 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 it was even. Even when they served us, they said, can you hurry up, because we need your time. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you should have known from then. You should have known. 
There you go. I mean, it, it's... But a lot of people, like you said, your experience, um, I think the managers, if there's a shortfall, I think it comes out of their wages, doesn't it? I don't know. I think it's... it yeah. I don't know. I remember my manager at the Mexican restaurant once had us all in his office because someone had given us a, a Duff credit card or it had not been, it had come up as uh, declined and no one had noticed. And so, right. so he had us all in the office and he said, did you do this? And I went, well, clearly if I did, I wouldn't know, would I? Right. <laughs> yeah. And everyone said the same yeah. thing. It's like, well, who's going to say, yeah, I did that. The point is no one noticed, you know, it's just it, it, sometimes it, stuff like that happens, but still, my God. I know, yeah. I mean, I would not put the slops in the glass. No. But, you know, it, it's just not a done thing. But he's obviously trying to save money. Well, yeah, but you don't save money by poisoning well, your customers. <laughs> there could be all sorts. I mean, it could be bitter, lager, um, anything, you know, in the drip trays. Oh, God. And he said, just pour in their drink. He said, they all come in late and they're drunk, they won't <laughs> What's the difference? They're already mixing it. Might as well mix it for them. Incredible. Yeah. I don't know. It's terrible. Some of us... But I suppose you get what you pay for. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you have to scrape a bit off. Yeah, I don't eat... I don't eat fast food. I prefer to cook, I prefer to cook my own food. I don't blame you after those experiences. Yeah, I'm... Telling you, I was like 30, 30 years ago, 30 odd years ago, but... What's your go-to dinner if you've got to cook something uh, to be slightly impressive? What's the what's the what's your uh, pièce de résistance? Um, I like I like egg noodles. That's right, I'm not a vegetarian. I like egg noodles, and all that's doing. I like get the wok, put some meat, some vegetables in it, stir all them up, um, put that on the noodles, and then. Open a tin of maybe tomato soup or chicken soup, put it over the bowl, and then put in the microwave for two minutes and warm the soup up to go with it and have some good um, tortillas. Oh, blimey. Have some wraps. That sounds like an apocalyptic meal. <laughs> that sounds that's like a, the last thing that, in the cupboard. That, that's it, yeah. That's like you go into the bunker and the mushroom cloud is looming in the distance and it's yeah. your last meal and what is left on the shelf. And then you make your masterwork. Now, I want to get a recording of that recipe and put dub over it. Yeah. Not just noodles. It, that's Dion's noodles. It's not at my old job. <laughs> I, I just ate when I could. Yeah, just fuel. And, and the whole thing takes about to prepare and cook it. It's ready to eat in less than 20 minutes. Before the end of the world. 20 minutes? 20 seconds, surely. (laughs) The meat in a walk, a walk. Oh, there's meat involved. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, And it's a nice meal, a few tortillas. And it's just nice and it's it's just good food. Well, I think you might be stretching it there, (laughs) Dion. Thanks very much for the suggestion. The serving suggestion of... Basically, anything that's at the back of the cupboard and some tortilla chips. Just slop it over. Takes less than 20 minutes, you know. Yeah. Microwave for two minutes, though. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Hello, Ray. 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 Hello. 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 You said A. Well, an A A. preceded by an R. Yeah. But, but yeah. This is the first time I've I've had the bottle to call you two ladies um, because it's a bit scary. Well, Catherine's terrifying. I don't blame you. <laughs> I, she, I, but I'm the good cop. 
Well, you say that, you can't see the faces. Man, the faces, <laughs> so, so the body language. Been Sorry? So has Ian been sacked? Why are you, why are you thirsty for sackings? Thirsty. <laughs> Bloodthirsty. Well, it's just the rumours that are going around, which oh. obviously weren't true, obviously, but there are some people out there that would have believed them. Yeah. Um, not you, though, eh? So, well, no, I'm not, I'm not that stupid. But I've, I've been on hold for a few minutes now. I've got about 14 different stories now after listening to some of your old callers. Well, give us your best one, and then we'll see where, where we oh, get after that. flipping heck. See, there you go. That's <laughs> so they're all rubbish. We'll just pick one at random, then. Well, well, very quickly, the one about food hygiene... When I was in the police, there was a guy in the mid-90s who got sacked from the police canteen because he'd been doing something into the coleslaw for about three Shut years. Shut up! No! Ew! Got, got three years in prison. Prison? You can go to jail for that? He, yeah, yes, yes! Because, uh, yeah, he said he hated the police and he'd been, you know what, into the coleslaw. But wait, I, need to, I don't know what. Yes, you do. Well, that's not something you do to someone you hate, surely. That's a. There's going to be love involved. That's a gesture of love. <laughs> that is a gesture of excitement and stimulation <laughs> and this is an why investment. You think be in control of the show, <laughs> <laughs> because if that's your take on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but that is a true story. Yeah. Good grief! It's a. It's yeah. it just but also. It, hang on. He, he no, adds protein though. But nobody noticed. <laughs> uh, right. I'm not even going to answer that. I'm going to move on. <laughs> Wait, don't move on. Don't don't serve us up this delicious story <laughs> and then expect us to move on. That's what he wanted you to do. <laughs> wow. Okay. Not, not much else to say. But wait, you, you can go to prison for just... Um, yeah, no, contaminating did, yeah. food, yeah. Oh, I thought it was just having an active uh, sex life. Mm, mm. <laughs> At work. <laughs> At work. Extracurricular. Portable. Yeah. Yeah. It is more along the lines of contamination. All right, all right. Okay. My God. And, yeah. That is... Uh, that is... And a, and dedication. A yeah. But he admitted... He, he wanted to admit it to sort of get the full pleasure out of the whole situation, if oh. that makes sense. Yeah, he he wanted... He wanted was, you to know yeah. that that's yeah, what yeah, you've yeah. been eating. Yeah, em- for, emphasis and on he, pleasure. He said, <laughs> and he said it was for three years. He'd been doing it for three years. You know, he could say anything. He maybe he, that was a lie. Is that? Did they send him to prison for three years? One year for every year that he uh, added protein to your delicious <laughs> snack time. But he'd been, but he'd been working there for over three years, and the, the, apparently that. I mean, because obviously I, I wasn't there, but apparently the hatred in his sort of once he was caught, the hatred there for the police service was horrendous. He, he uh. just said, "Yes, I hate them all." You know, I was wrongly done when I was younger, so opportunities come to work in the canteen, and that's what I did. That was that, my plan. That is a very, that's a, talk about revenge is a dish best served cold. Body temperature, turns or out. Or body, body temperature, as, as it turns out, yes. <laughs> Correct. You're the worst two people I, sh- I should have told this story to. <laughs> well, thank you so much for bringing it to us. <laughs> Go on, give us one more, Ray, and try and make it a bit less filthy this no, time. No, no, I like the no, filth. No, this is, this is less filth, but okay. I think I'm going I, I to out Katie on uh, this one. Uh-oh, all right. I, I'm currently reading a book called How to Stop Time by Matt Haig. Oh, yeah, I've read that. In fact, it's if you look in the back, it's a dedic- there's a little thank you to me in it. 
Is there? Oh, mm-hmm. I thought you were about to give me the end because I'm about 100 pages from the end. No, I well, helped I him out with some French. Oh, I bet so you, you did. Know, you all know what it's about. Yeah. And I think the person sitting near you hasn't aged in about 20 years, so I think <laughs> she might be... Well, you flatter me. You flatter me, sir. <laughs> well, I grew up watching you on The Word, young lady, and I don't think you've bloody aged She at hasn't. All. She hasn't. Well, Sickening. thank you. I'm feeling all Southern Belle, like I need a little fan. Well, to... thank you. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> where to put my eyes. I'll hush my mouth. <laughs> so I don't know if that's you or Kath now. That's her. <laughs> that's really me. I'm a bit more, well, fiddle-dee-dee. Oh, fiddle-dee-dum. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a story from that part of the world actually coming up. Thanks very much for leading us to it, Ray. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Don't eat any mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Here we go. You know country music? Uh, I've heard tell, yes. You know they like a particular flag? Uh, Confederate flag? Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, it turns out that the spirit of country music may have come across the pond, but the suspicion of the flag hasn't, right? So there's this guy a British country music uh, fan who's been forced to pull down his Confederate flag. Yeah. Um, he didn't realise it had racist connotations, apparently. It's a tricky one, because it didn't... It's a funny thing. It's one of those things that's morphed through the years, because it kind of just, for a long time, symbolised Southern... The South, right? Yeah, Southern pride. Um, and to a lot of people in the South, it still does, but... It's just one of those things that, you know, too, it has too much baggage associated with it. And the Civil War was fought over slavery. Um, the South didn't want to give up free labor. And therefore, anything that symbolizes the Confederacy, which was the South seceding from the Union and from the United States, that symbolizes that part of the our unfortunate history. Well, this guy, I mean, this is news to this guy in Cheltenham, apparently. This John Bryant had to tell Gloucestershire Live that after someone complained about this flag he has flying from a flagpole yeah. of his house, he said, we're a member of the Country and Western Club at Knockgrove in the Cotswolds. They use all sorts of flags, this kind and others. It's all up there for tablecloths. Well, that's another thing, right? Right. To be honest, I didn't realise it was racist or anything like that. I just put it up as a flag. Uh, the flag which bore the words... The South will rise again in the centre has now oh. been taken down. Oh, right. Wait, so it was a Confederate flag and then it had a slogan on it? That's not really yeah. a Confederate flag then. That's something else. Also, it's kinda... right, it's something I know about Americans is you're not supposed to do certain things to the flag, right? Yeah. Can you eat your dinner off it? <laughs> well, you know, the only thing I know about it is that you can't let a flag touch the ground. But maybe it might be fine as a tablecloth. I heard that you weren't supposed to, and yet I've seen it. Like, make them into shorts and bikinis and stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that really is the flag or simply a piece of lycra spandex. With the with stars the, and stripes on it. Yeah, the stars and stripes on it. So I don't think you're literally wearing a flag. It's a it's a tricky thing. I It's one of those things that you have to probably have to research it to find out what the up-to-date take on it is. Because even increasingly flying the American flag is sort of suspect you know like it's if someone is so gung-ho about it where they have a billion flags you know stamped on their bumper stickers and you know on their garage door and also flying from a flagpole over their chimney yeah it's a little in your face and it sound it just seems a little hardcore yeah maybe you know the first time i went not kkk but like in that sympathetic and it's about quantity though isn't it because i've been to really like nice parts of america 
white picket fencey type places and they tend to have a flag of some sort sometimes the stars and stripes but sometimes like a nice sort of down home cutesy happy halloween or yeah. you know, something flying oh, yeah, from we the, love our flag from the like, front porch yeah you know? for sure but also americans are we are just for years like even before the crazy you know like trump years where everyone patriot is like a really loaded word now um in american politics and it can mean different things to different people but before this time everyone flew american flags you know it was it was sort of a source of pride like i always once i moved to britain in the 80s i always found it quite odd going back to america and seeing wow like are people so unsure of what their nationality is in america that they need to keep flying a flag see that's always been my kind of what the story i've told myself is still a pretty new country and it's it's about kind of sealing that identity. Mm. It, there's something in that, you know. I never really understood the point of flying your country's flag yeah. in your country. Yeah, exactly. And so the, who's that? Who's that? Uh, who's that aimed at? Yeah, like uh, you know, it's a pretty big country, and there's just pretty much filled with Americans. Kind of so going, yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, we're still in America. I've been driving for. 12 hours and i'm still in america but like you say the relationship with the flag is different there yeah you still have kids pledging allegiance in the morning right I pledge allegiance. I'm like yeah i don't think we have to do that anymore it's been a few years since i was right. in school i bet trump would want everyone to do that now wouldn't he? I mean, yeah this whole thing about taking the knee and yeah he yeah that well you know all of that is self-serving he doesn't have any convictions it's not like he's like oh i am christian and i really have these uh you know forsworn needs in these departments he is just doing a- apart from unless it uh, is helpful to well, his well yeah no he's just got a really solid agenda that he's always had he's very very consistent that's what yeah. you can say for him but in terms of yeah it's a funny it's funny that this fellow here that the story you're reading is um adopting the confederate flag i mean the the thing that's cool about the confederate flag and what people love about it that makes it cooler than the stars and stripes is that it's the rebel flag yeah yeah. so it's kind of like you know kick-ass rebels who you know didn't take any guff from the man um and so people love that outlaw aspect of it. Yeah, I think the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, it's right? do, yeah, it's it's a little kitschy and fun. Because you think about that, even that type, the, the theme tune to the Dukes of Hazard now, just some good old boys, never meaning no harm. I mean, even good old boys now is taken on a different oh, kind of connotation, gosh. hasn't it? Yeah, well, the Proud Boys in America, which I just think, don't we have the football lads here or something there's like the right wing it's interesting that these grown men adopt these little you know diminutive terms for themselves so yeah just the boys man yeah just the you, boys oh i thought they're just saying they're you know childlike in their outlook i don't know um but yeah it's, a, it's just one of those funny things we're always i mean it's just it's, culture and society is always in a spasm of transition and change and morphing and it's interesting but sometimes it could be a rough ride Mm -hmm. and this poor guy seems to have stumbled across something of a of a hornet's nest when it comes to well what's happened he just been asked to take it down well he's been accused of racism well here's the thing i don't think i mean it's all contextual it's like the fellow we were talking to last night i believe and he was saying the british man saying what's the problem i'm not offended by the the word cracker the term cracker yeah. well well it wouldn't have been used towards you yeah and he doesn't understand what it means because it's an american term mm-hmm. aimed at a certain class of americans white americans and i think in this case as well like this this guy in nottingham is it he uh no cheltenham cheltenham he's you know i'd let him off the hook because he doesn't um he doesn't know what he's getting into he's just 
trying to, you know, to tick all the boxes there. He just likes Dolly Parton, for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? He just like, yeah, he likes a little bit of woohoo, redneck, uh, two stepping, jamming. Who doesn't? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We got Hugh, we got Matt, and I think we got Galen coming up too. If you want to join them, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You're listening to Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. You never knew. <laughs> I'll tell you where it's taking us. Contaminated coleslaw. You'll be astounded to know is the thing that seems to have caught people's imaginations. Thanks very much for your comments. And fired up their taste buds. Oh, my God. Oh. Roger said it would be worse if after he was caught, the coleslaw never tasted as good again. I'm sure it tasted different. And uh, Al Gailey said if he went to prison, someone else would have been tossing his salad. Now, there's no okay. need for that. If you want to send us a tweet or a text, by the way, more than welcome. You can tweet at Talk Radio or us individually. I'm Flipping Kath with no G. And she's Katie Pockrick. Yes, she is. With all the right bits. Yes. Um, you can text us to 87222, but you need to put talk at the beginning of your message. And it'll cost you 25p per message on top of your standard network rate. Or you can give us a ring on 0344-499-1000. Matt's done that. Hiya, Matt. Matt. Hello. Hello. There you are. Hi. It's your turn. Ah, you're the Matt that sent us the pictures. Yeah, which sounds very neat. dodgy. Let me explain. So, <laughs> we've been t- please do. <laughs> we've been talking about excessive flag waving in America. In America, and you sent us. I mean, I can barely. I don't know where to begin with the flag. With the flagging on this. Well, number one, it's a monster truck. It's, it's a huge. giant truck carousing, careening down the the avenue. A great big shiny one, covered in um, stars and stripes. Not only is it covered in them, the man inside appears to be wearing a Captain America mask. Well, that's all right. I mean, that that's that's normal, right? That's normal, that's all right? Uh, that's all right. No, here's my issue with it: the statue or whatever it is, the taxidermied American eagle on a stick on, yeah. on the on the top on the top of the hood of the the truck or, or the cab, actually, and then two giant full size American flags flying from the bed of the truck. What's weird is that that was taken in Florida by a friend of mine. I didn't take that. Okay. But I have seen that numerous times before. I've seen, um, when I was back home a couple of weeks ago, I saw um, a pickup truck with an American, and you're speaking of the Confederate flag, they mm-hmm. also had the Confederate flag waving from the back of the truck, a gigantic one, not some small little hand-waving thing. Yeah, yeah. Gig- both gigantic ones flying around. Without even thinking about it, without caring in any way, shape, or form, it's now, it's, it's it's bizarre. It's could this bizarre. have been to do with the World Cup? Uh, yes, yes, the World Cup that we weren't in. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm just I'm clutching at straws here because to me, and please forgive me, I'm sure I must be terribly wrong, but a man dressed as Captain America driving a, basically a mobile flag with a stuffed eagle on top is trying to make a statement here, and I'm not quite sure to whom. He's, he's making a statement that he's overcompensating for something we just don't know exactly what. <laughs> yes. Well, he's, I mean, it, uh, what could he be overcompensating for? Because we assume he's American or <laughs> maybe that's a fair assumption. or maybe he just wants really badly to be one. And maybe he, he's one of these illegal immigrants and he's trying to pass in plain yes. sight. Yes. He's, he's hoping Trump sees that photo and says, you know what? Just give him citizenship. He'll <laughs> yeah. be fine. He's yeah. making America great again. Yes. That's right. G-R-A-T. <laughs> so I had a story about um, customer service stuff, but whatever. Oh, yeah. There's, 
But what's interesting, as we're talking about the flag, and, and, and Kathy mentioned about how Americans just wave it and, and, and make a big deal about, about being overly patriot, mm. showing patriotism at any time, not just for you know, the World Cup or the Olympics or anything like that. Well, while you're talking, home, I'm just thinking, USA, USA. <laughs> just randomly in the middle of nowhere. Yes, yeah, that yeah. would happen. <laughs> um, so in my hometown where I'm from, in Cleveland, Ohio, there in the last couple of years has been this growing amount of civic pride. Um, the town has been it was known for many years in the 70s and 80s as a joke. Uh, they went, it went through some really bad economic times, but now it's growing again, and, there, and there's some, a lot of good things going on there. But because of that, there was a really negative connotation about the city, and it was the butt of a lot of a joke, uh, and still to this day can be. So now you see residents that are overcompensating, constantly wearing T-shirts, gloating about being from Cleveland or living in Cleveland or living in the state of Ohio, uh-huh. um, like with little puns like Cleveland that I love playing uh-huh. up on, on uh-huh. the song. And it, and it's so normal to be back home. There's, I think, five or six brands now that have stores and websites. And no joke, probably over half, maybe 75% of the time, if I'm walking around in public, people are wearing those, sh- those shirts. And not 75% of the time that I'm out in public, but 75% of the people I would see are wearing it. That's not an exaggeration. Now, it's, are they like, doing after, it after living in New York too? When you, uh, you see tourists come in and buy "I Love New York" yeah. shirts, yeah, then they wear that, and when they go back, but you don't see New Yorkers wearing "I Love New York." Yes, don't good do point. That. That's exactly it. God, yeah, it's, unless they're being ironic. No, um, Americans not. don't because do I've got a T-shirt that says "Milton Keynes, City of Dreams" on it. Oh, that's I'm funny. particularly proud of it. Yeah. See, that's funny, but but it's not. I there are some jokes in some of them that are kind of inside jokes, but overall, though, no, it's they they just will have the outline of the state of Ohio with the word love in it. Of hey, we love our state, we love our city. Okay, that's great, but no one outside of that bubble cares. Yeah, it's this overcompensating. This we we felt so bad about ourselves for so many years, and it's almost as if. And, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this, because I honestly feel this way about my country as well. For those that are just overly patriotic or over show too much of civic pride, it's almost as if they are overcompensating for something, whether it's their life not doing something, yeah. not feeling connected to something. There is this need that you have to feel part of this bigger community, almost as if you can't feel comfortable in yourself and doing your own thing. Yeah. Because when I point that out to people back home, I get so much crap for it. Yeah. Why would you say that? You're from here, blah, blah, blah. Well, because that's it. It feels like a defensive move, though. It You're right. It feels defensive. It feels also yeah. like uh, they have, I don't know, like you say, there's a hole in them or something. I, you know, it's weird because we're, we're being, we're pathologizing something that should be very straightforward, which is civic pride, and that's nice. And I guess they're saying in a way, hey, we've come through the bad times, and now we've hung a few flower baskets around the town center, and things are looking up, and yay for us. But it does seem almost like a sense of denial, like there's more important things in life to celebrate. And then, guys, you've got Texas, who I think is like, Mm -hmm. that is something else, isn't it, for for quote-unquote pride with a capital P. Well, because the thing about Texas is that they sort of feel like they're their own country anyway, and there's always that talk of secession, and so I think that's what that's all about. Mm -hmm. 
It's they the, were at one point, so they yeah. still think that they are. They think that they're all special that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in many ways, they are special. Uh, well, uh, you know, I mean, t- <laughs> in, in, a, in a special quotation mark sort of way. But they, <laughs> but they, yeah. So they have sort of almost a chip on their shoulder. Like we're our own, we're our own place. If you are from Texas and you want to say something about that, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Hey Matt, good to speak to you. We've got to go, but thanks for ringing. Have a great night, ladies. Yeah, yeah. You too. And if you want to give us a call, 0344-499-1000 is the number to ring. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. That story there was something I was going to talk oh, to you about, yeah. actually, right? I just did an inadvertent, just like, ah, when I heard that. <laughs> well, yeah. This is Tui Airways, and uh, I picked out the uh, mail online earlier on. Uh, Tui Airways in sexism row after Welsh government officials slams airline staff for giving stickers to boys that say future captain while handing girls ones that read future cabin crew. That is outrageous. I mean, really? I mean, uh, unless you're asking, ask the kid which one they want. Yeah, right. Is the answer? Yeah. Uh, please tell me they're not pink and blue. Let's have a look. Of course, yeah, if there's a picture here. Oh, yeah, well, they're both... Um, they're not... They're not they look pink as, and blue. They look yeah. like they could be interchangeable. Yeah, they look interchangeable. So I wonder whether it was just the cabin crew's decision to do it that way. But, God, what a blunder, especially at the moment. Oh, that is ridiculous. Did you... That reminds me... There was that great story, um, I think it was, like, last month or something, this woman who's a pilot for a... Um, an airline company posted on Facebook a really great post about all the comments that she yeah. gets from men. Which did you, you guys talk about that? Already? No, we didn't, but I did read it. Go on, yeah. Go on. Oh, yeah. She, no, just, uh, you know, like people a little concerned that a woman is at the helm and, you know, does she know the way and has she done this before and offering helpful tips. I mean, you know, blokes who can't, you know, open a cabin door without someone's help. Never mind. Yeah, fly right. A plane. I mean, full, you know, f- triggering full mansplaining from all and sundry in the area um but it it is quite incredible quite incredible i don't know there's still a bit of that isn't there there's still a bit of that i mean i I expect that out of how many people on a plane 200 300 sure there'll be a couple of tossers on there won't they have to say something because they they're taken by surprise yeah it, it is that sort of thing where it's like some of the it's people. Like, I've noticed you're a woman. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something fun yeah. about that. Yeah, it, it's almost uh, the gender version of we were talking about elderly people from other generations who have to go, kind of go, oh, you're a black person. I have to just keep announcing that when I talk to <laughs> yes. you. Um, so because that's the first thing they see. Yeah, and almost the only thing they see. Yeah. Like, they have to objectify the person and they can't kind of get past the, you know, like, oh, you're a, a, an orange cat versus a calico cat and I have to <laughs> just keep saying you're a ginger kitten. But my name is Fluffy. <laughs> um, the story, though, got me thinking about, I took my kids to this um, this amazing like experience place is in Westfield. It's called Kidzania. Have you yes, heard of it? Yes, I know all about this. Right, it's incredible. I mean, I haven't been there. You know more about it than right. I do. Well, but... I've been there, and okay. we, we tell we, me we sat in the queues. We learned. I, I taught my kids about um, touch the van. What's that? Well, in Kidzania, there are loads of different. It's like a city indoors um, that's purely set out for children and what they do is they choose different careers and each career involves you know maybe a 15 minute maybe a 20 minute kind of um tutorial yeah like a tutorial so Mm. the first thing the girls got involved with was 
And to be honest, we just went around there. It was really busy because obviously it's the school holidays. We just looked for the shortest queues and the things that they could get into so that they could have as many different. Because I think you book a sort of four hour experience and in that they say to you, you you'll be lucky if you get more than four activities because you spend a lot of time queuing up. Oh, so we were looking for the smallest queues. So the first thing they did was they were working uh, in an innocent smoothie um, factory and they put them in the hair nets and the white coats and everything and they sit them down as if it's their first day and and they talk them through i guess making smoothies and stuff and i don't think with innocent smoothies they got to actually make anything but they felt like they were and at the end they get paid Hmm. they get paid in this money um kidzos they're called and then the next thing uh, the girls after then sort of went off on their own and i think if they're older they can do it by themselves but my youngest is only six so i was kind of with her but my eldest after that point was like right i want to do this and and the youngest said i'm going to do that she wanted to be a radio presenter my youngest so we got we got in the queue for that and it's global who obviously run lbc and all those people um, they've got like a little radio station there and the kids all sit around in a studio with their microphones on and they read scripts and they record it and they play it back to them. My youngest absolutely loved it. But for each of those kind of more, my eldest, meanwhile, was at Al Jazeera doing t- television. And all again, right. it was like they sit on a bench outside the studio and wait for their turn and they let, you know, maybe four or five kids in at a time. And they get this kind of one on one experience of it. And it's really clever marketing, actually, for all these companies because they're getting them young. Yeah. And then at the end of your experience, you'll get, you know, varying amounts. You know, on, on the outside of each building, it's got how much you will earn for doing your job there. Wow, it's even better than an apprenticeship. Yeah, it's great. So yeah. they were sitting outside and, and my eldest said, oh, but that, that looks like a really long queue. And I went, yeah, we'll sit there. You never know what's going to happen. And and that was the same thing with the youngest one as well. And what we found was there were always kids that would drop out. So if there were six kids in the line... I'd say, do you know what? I'd stick it out anyway because at some point these guys are going to get fed up. And, so, and sure enough, half the time they did. So I was telling her about Touch the Van, which was a competition I don't think you're allowed to do anymore, but it was really popular with commercial radio stations for years, which is they would get a brand new van or car, put it in the middle of a shopping centre and they would have a competition whereby you had to keep your hand on the van for as long as possible. And people were like there for hours and hours not eating and stuff, passing out. Uh, a bit like those old dancing competitions yeah, they yeah, used to they, have. They it's just shoot like horses, endurance. They? Yeah. So, but I don't think they're allowed to do them anymore. But I was saying it's all about determination, you know. And yeah, it's a, it's a war of attrition. And as they were sitting outside like the media jobs in particular, I was thinking, God, this is a lot like my course, you know. There's a lot of us to start with, but by the end, yeah. <laughs> there's about three or four left that actually get to the get to the thing but they absolutely loved it and at the end you get to go and spend your wages in the gift shop i mean it has to be said though unless you buy extra money you can afford a key ring or something but they loved it because they'd earned that money themselves yeah although that is a good that's sort of like surf wages like they're kind of preparing you for living in a company town the best (laughs) right the best example of that was my youngest went past the hotel she went i think i'll go and work in the hotel for a bit and there doesn't seem to be a queue and i was thinking good girl she's she's worked out what's what yeah and she went and sat in there and what they did was they showed them this hotel room all made up yeah. Then they kicked all the kids out, closed the door, and the guy went in there by himself. And then when he came out, he'd wrecked it. Yes. And their job was to go in and make the bed. Yes. And I thought, right, we can go home and play hotels anytime we like. Yes. Well, see, this is funny because I was, when this kid Zania thing first started a couple of years ago, I was so tickled to read about it because they said that, um, I think it's from Mexico is where this I think thing it started. started. Like that, yeah. Um, and it turned out that the job that the children love doing the most 
and kids flocked to it was stacking shelves yes. at grocery stores. Yes. So that's it's like, the first thing my um, eldest wanted to do. No kidding. Yes. That is so, it's just like, hey, uh, wage slave, uh, it may come to that, but let's set our sights just a little bit higher. Well, yeah, she, she was, that's the one she had picked out because beforehand what? we told her that, right, there are these jobs, what do you fancy doing? She went, hmm. You fancy working in the supermarket? Oh, fair enough. But I wonder whether that's because they can visualize it. Yeah. They have personal experience. Yeah. They're like, okay, I think I know the ropes. Yeah, I won't make a fool out of myself. That. But there was also a British Airways um, thing, and on one side there was a really long queue for pilots, mostly boys, I've got to say. Mm. And on the other side, cabin crew, all girls. Oh my god! And my youngest said, oh, "I want to join that. I wanted to get on this side's cabin crew." She said, "Because the queue is short." And I went, "Okay," and I felt like a. I felt like I should have been pushing her to get in the longer queue. But she loved it. But it has to be said, there were all girls in that queue. Interesting. You're socialized, you know, from a young age to please. And, you know, there's an element. I mean, obviously, when you're cabin crew, you know how to do things like open the door of a submerged airplane, you know, upside down and how to save people's lives. You know how to do all that stuff. But you also know how to be pleasant and hand out the whiskey. Yeah. My sister was cabin crew and she, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they had people dying on board. She had to administer for CPR at one point. They do get trained as in, in the event of an accident, you know, um, fire training and all that stuff. They're yeah. incredibly qualified and they work bloody hard. Yes, they do. And it plays merry hell with their digestion and their sleep patterns and all yes, sorts. Yes, yes. So they're incredible people again why i get annoyed when people are horrible to them but that whole thing of you know i was really kind of pushing my daughters to why don't you go and be a firefighter mm. no i want to go and work in the supermarket yeah. you just think, well. i think everybody likes this i don't know there's something comforting and soothing about stacking shelves perhaps you know i organizing. wish she was i wish she was into tidying up at home that's all i'm going to say about yeah. that well let's have a quick word with louise hi louise hello hello, hello. so yammering on and you're waiting sorry that's okay, I was really interested. That sounded really good. I'll have to do that with my little boy, I think. It's really fun, they love it, but be prepared to queue. Yeah, I think so. Um, I was just listening, I've just called the last sort of 10, 15 minutes of the show. I'm driving back from my holiday. We've just come back from Canada. Oh. And um, I was just thinking about how the flag side in America, very, very similar in Canada. Pride over there is immense. And everyone, we went to stay in Winnipeg, we were staying with relatives. And they're so patriotic and so in love with their town and their city and their country and really, really show it. And um, it made me think about how a couple of years ago, in, obviously in England, when we've got sport events, everyone rallies round and suddenly England's great because it's a sports event. Yeah. But typically we don't kind of have that right. No on a day-to-day basis and I'm sat here thinking you know what I'm going to start bigging up my town I'm driving we're going back to Northampton that's where I live and I'm going to like I'm probably one of the first people to say oh yeah you don't want to come here it's you know it's got no this and it's got no that but there are so many nice things it's got and so many great things that our country's got I just forget you sort of just go along the treadmill of doom and gloom and it is really quite depressing i think i tell you what it it is interesting if you talk to an australian right every single australian you speak to generally or every single australian i've spoken to always sounds like they've been employed by the australian tourist board (laughs) their lifestyle is the best you're gonna love it if you came over we would have a barbecue on the beach you know they they seem to be really in love with their country and i wonder whether it's again a new country thing yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. 
I could, um, about 20 years ago, I lived abroad. I lived in America for a few years, and I had all that, have a nice day, and everything was great, and it was brilliant for the first couple of months. And then after a year or two, I, I, I didn't like it anymore, and I came back to England. And I just came into Manchester Airport, and I just remember seeing this cleaner. The first English person I saw as I walked through the door was this cleaner. And she looked miserable. <laughs> and I looked at her and made eye contact and smiled, and she was just like, ugh. And I thought, oh, brilliant, I'm back home again. This is what I like. I like misery. And it just really sort of, um, it, it, it generated something in me of just how, I don't know, we're, we're a bit doom and gloom and miserable, and, and that's the British way, really. Maybe a bit. I think we're a bit more self-conscious of, you know, of, of that and how people perceive us. But I'm surprised you got that in Manchester. They're generally a friendly bunch there, I mean, comparatively. Oh, I know, I had it. I had it today, exactly the same thing today. When we came into Manchester Airport, there was this lady, and she, her face was just, she looked like she was on Coronation Street, but her face was just upside down and not a smiley world. And I was like, yep, I know that face. That's the kind of face I'm used to. Welcome but home, love. It was, but in saying that, I'm my parents are Jamaican, so I'm Jamaican heritage. And a couple of years, uh, when the Olympics were on, um, I went to, I was lucky enough to go to the 100 metre finals uh, to see Usain Bolt, who was right. awesome celebrating, as well as all of our British athletes as well. And I wanted to find a T-shirt that would commemorate that or something that I could wear that would commemorate it. And I couldn't find anything anywhere, nothing saying, um, you know, great to be British or, you know, proud to be Jamaican. So mm. I had to design my own, which I did. So I got a T-shirt made. It had the Union Jack on the front with great to be british on the front of it and on the back i got the jamaican flag saying proud to be jamaican on the back because jamaican pride is like our uh, logo slogan whatever you want to call it yeah. it's in our um part of our culture and it was just really good to be able to wear that and i had a big smile on my face for the whole day and but i just don't know if i wanted to find something you know when they say you can go and you can find shops in america or in canada that are selling merchandise unless you're in london you you don't get that anywhere else in england no you're right although i tell you what i've noticed in manchester and it's since it's since the bombing at the ariana grande concert there are yeah. shops, Manchester Pride shops, and they're oh, brilliant. that's interesting. Really? Yeah, oh. you, because the bee is massive now, because yeah. obviously the bee yeah, is yeah. the symbol of the town, the worker bee. Mm -hmm. yeah, and so yeah. they've got low, and, and it's raising money, basically, for the victims and the families. Um, I think it's great. Yeah. That's, that's the identity, and that's the culture, and that's something that everyone in that, country, in that town and city can get behind yes. and be proud of. Yeah. And there isn't enough of that in, I don't think personally, there isn't enough of that in our towns and cities. Well, it seems to be. And in that case, obviously, they're making a statement and they're trying to make something positive out of something absolutely appalling that happened. And they're making some money yeah. and they're doing their bit. It seems to be that it's always making some sort of political statement if you're wearing a flag these it days. It is, but it has to come from, uh, you know, something that's happened yeah. has had to raise that. It's not sort of something that's generated by a community before a tragedy or an incident has happened. It's not like, kind of, hey, let's get behind our town. In Northampton, we had these painted, I think in other towns as well, you get painted animals. We had yeah. gorillas in Northampton for what? a few years. <laughs> All around the place were these massive gorillas, painted gorillas, and it was an art project. And I've seen them in different places. You get lions or elephants in different towns. I don't know what happened to them. But they generated some interest. And it was like, all right, gorillas of Northampton, that was interesting. 
And it, it started off, you'd have people talking about them, but of course when the project ended, they were taken away and whatever, and people had stopped talking about yeah. it. But it was just something that was really nice that, you know, got people talking about their town and interested in their town and celebrating, you know, where they're from, just for a little while. It's so interesting. Yeah. It's interesting just hearing you talk about that, Louise, because there I was snarkily scoffing, you know, 10, 15 minutes ago about Americans overdoing it. And now with what you're saying, I agree with you. It's a nice community thing that you can look across at at your neighbor and it's like, yeah, local pride. Yeah, but what she's talking about yeah. is, you know, maybe a pin badge or a, or a, a T-shirt. She's not talking about painting her van. <laughs> I love Northampton and having, I don't know, a big shoe. Because they're not. famous for shoes there, aren't they? A big <laughs> shoe on top of it. And- yeah. Well, on Facebook, I belong to a couple of Facebook groups. I belong to like a Northampton now and then Facebook group, and I also I used to, I was born in Huddersfield, so I belong to a Huddersfield one as well. And it's all about how great it was in the olden days. Yeah. These sort of pictures comparing then and now, and oh look, we had lovely um, architecture and buildings, and now look at it, it's all boarded up, and it's just. No. It really is just a comparison of what's gone wrong, yeah. rather than let's let's celebrate it. I'm going to have a look when I get get home. I'm going to log on Facebook. I'm going to log up, look and see if there are some let's celebrate our town Facebook pages as it is. Yeah. As opposed to just, uh, oh, yeah. I know what you mean. You know. I've seen those pages, and what it really is, is I was happier when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. Everything or was better. I remember that. Or it, yeah, it is. And, you know, tend to be a lot about pubs. <laughs> I was drunker when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, when the pubs were around and what kind of pubs they are, and all the street down to sorry state and it shut down. Well, yeah, I just think it's, it was an interesting conversation. It made me think, because I'm mean, 44 now, and kind of, you know, I've got children, and just made me think how aware I am now of how easy it is to fall into rubbishing where I'm from or what I've experienced and how better it was. Yeah. Which I think is part of human nature. You know, you do do that. You evolve. You, you grow up that grumpy old man syndrome and what have you. But... What I'm hearing from you, though, is not a, I was born in such a place, so I'm better than you, and I'm going to tell you that we are different. Because you seem to like to take a little piece of wherever you land. Yeah, yeah, I do. And, you know, like I said, talking to my relatives in Canada and, like, organising trips for them to come back over and visit us, and I'm thinking, right, okay, making little sparky jokes about, oh, well, you know, if I were you, I'd wait for save my money and go to the Caribbean or something. <laughs> Making little jokes like that, but actually, that is a negative comment. No matter if it's banter behind or if it's joke, it is a negative thing to say as opposed to a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm going to try harder to say positive things because, you know, it, it'll mean something. It will have a difference on, on what people think about what I say and where I come from and what I think about where I am. Yes. I live in the town that I live in. I'm lucky enough to live in. Yeah. So yeah, just just thought I'd let you know that it, it was interesting for me. Oh, well, uh, I, I like you. Yeah, I like I your attitude, Louise. I think you're lovely. Thank when you call, you. when you call us again, I would love to. Yeah. Do it. I'm not. I. It's a. Uh, as I say, I'm just driving home. We're coming back from a very, very, very long day. I've got Brighton tomorrow. Uh, I've got Scotland on Saturday. Blimey. And, uh, yeah, Judith Chalmers, they call me. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, but yeah, it was great listening, and it just it just resonated so much with me coming back from that side of the world, the other side of the trans- uh, trans- 
Atlantic flight and how different it is. Wow, it's brilliant. Thanks yeah, very much for please. ringing, Louise. Take care of yourself Thank and try and get a bit of rest because it sounds to me like she's spreading herself a little bit thin there. Yeah, yeah, she's multitasking. Global traveller. 0344 499 1000. We've got quite a few calls, but I've always got room for you if you want to give us a ring. You can text talk and your message if you prefer to 87222 and that'll cost you 25p per message on top of your standard network rate. That was a bit fast, wasn't it? It's 87222 and you put talk at the beginning. Uh, or you can tweet us at Talk Radio. You're listening to The Late Night Alternative. My name is Catherine Boyle. And I'm Katie Puckrick. And who are you? The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk Radio. Blimey, the phones are, um, well, people are phoning. Let's speak to um, Tracy. Hiya, Tracy. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. I'm a bit shy. Go on, Tracy. I know it's your first time, so we'll be very gentle. Uh, it's just basically, I don't know if you see anyone's interested about it, but I'm just thinking what you think about these free dating sites where you don't have to pay, because ah. I've had some quite bad experiences. You oh. know, I've been out with a few um, guys, been on dates and blah, 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 but they just sort of, like, take one look at you and then they don't want to know you again. I don't know if it's all to do with looks on a person. Why can't people just take for who you are? So, Tracy, all to do with looks? let's go back to, so these are the free dating sites, what, like... Piece um, of fish. Tinder, it? piece of fish. Wait, yeah, <laughs> isn't that one? Piece, piece of fish. Plenty of fish, yeah, and... Uh, is that right? Fish, I think. Yeah. yeah, plenty of fish. Is that a one? Pl- oh, plenty of fish. Yeah, not piece of fish, <laughs> that's something else. But, the, but are you talking uh, about Tinder as well? Because that is very looks orientated. No, I'm isn't not it? on Tinder. Right. No. Bumble? No, I'm just basically been on plenty of fish. Oh, plenty of fish. The other one was called um, Gills Dates for Free. Yeah. Okay. That's okay, um, Cupid. Mm, seem to have no look really on them, you know. Obviously, you put pictures up of who you are and blah, 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 and tell them about yourself and then. You know, they sort of say, yeah, we'll meet you, you go on a date, and then, you know, it's okay, you know, and then you don't see him again, you know, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Let's take this apart. (laughs) Right, so the pictures you're putting up, be honest, do they look like you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, just a normal, average girl, you know. Okay. And are you taking them from any sort of um, tricky angles? You know, are we doing cleavage? No, no, just just my face only, really. Right, I was going to say, because, you know, that, that, that attracts a certain kind of guy. Right. And the blokes yeah. that you're meeting, do they look like their profiles? Yes, they do, actually. Yeah, I've never had anyone sort of a bad one, you know. Hmm. And what, and what are they, what, what do you write about yourself in your little oh, description? Uh, well, I just keep it short and sweet. I don't sort of do a long profile going on and on and on. Yeah. I just get straight to the point and tell them about me and what I like doing, my, what my hobbies and interests are. Yeah. Where I live and, you know, and then I, I you know, ask some questions like, you know, are you a car owner and things like that? And basically what I'm looking for in life, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm really curious about this personally because I'm single and I've never, I've been curious about, possibly going on dating sites but it does seem kind of scary like like you're putting yourself up for an audition mm-hmm. and, and yeah. potentially yeah. to be rejected which is what you sort yeah, of say that you're experiencing yeah. yeah and but yeah. and what is your feeling of the men like do you feel like you would be up for seeing them for a follow-up date yes some of them have been okay you know we've got yeah. on well but i think it, i think it's just I don't know. I'm just thinking it's all to do with looks. You know, right. guys are just after a certain look of a woman, you know, and well, I don't think it should be about looks all the time. You un- know? Unfortunately, those 
the success of those sites, I think, is just based on visuals. But here's the thing that I would posit is you've already passed the looks test yeah. by the fact that they, they liked your picture. They liked your picture. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think it might be something else because um, there is that kind of psychological thing and guys might be more prone to this than women. I'm not really sure. But that idea of plenty of fish. Well, she seemed uh-huh. nice, but who else to is the next out there? Yeah. yeah. So it might be a case of um, let's just keep going and keep going and keep going because there could be somebody else even better. And it sounds to me like you want to, you know, you want to meet someone nice and you're in this seriously. Do you feel like the men are after something? Oh, well, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Are the men up for a hookup or are they serious, do you think? Well, I have a, I've had a couple that are just basically after one thing and, yeah. and obviously they've told me that. You know, even on the first date, they said, look, this is what I'm after, like, you know. So, wow. yeah, they have had a few people saying, they yeah, are just after fun, basically. Mm. So I'm just, I just don't know if, you know, there's plenty of fish or any sort of these free dating sites. Do they work or am I better going on a paid dating site? Would I get something more better? I would feel yeah. like, and this is, obviously, I'm just talking... I'm talking completely out of ignorance, but I would feel like if they've paid some money, there is a bit more commitment there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's worth giving it a try because you've given it a good old fair shake on the on the yeah. freebies. And how yeah. many dates would you estimate that you've been on? About six. That was on plenty of fish because that's oh. the only one I've been on really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's I've um, had a t- I've had a tweet through from Leslie White who says it's not the caller or your photo. Plenty of fish is brutal. Oh. My f- my friend is gorgeous and has had an awful time on there. Oh my gosh. Wow. So I wonder whether there is something wow. in that, that feeling of, you know, from the title, Plenty of Fish. I mean, who's the fish in this scenario? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who's the fisherman and who's the fish E? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no. Yes. Well, there you go then. I think I've put this. <laughs> yeah, maybe shop around. Maybe shop around and um, try. Because I know... I don't know if Bumble is something that's just in America. but I've that, heard of it in American podcasts, oh, but I don't okay. know. If, let's have a look. Because the thing about that is that the women, it apparently gives more um, uh, kind of play to the women and allows them to make the choices. So it's sort of directed by the women and, and is is more empowering. Yeah, here it is. Look, um, there's Bumble.com. Oh, it might be. Oh, so it looks like Bumble is here because it's saying, you know, you can download your number and it, it's presenting you with the plus four four so, to start with. So it right. would seem, have a look at that because okay. you, as you were saying there, I'm just, the first thing I'm seeing is um, from the standard, from the evening standard, and this is a really recent article. Um, everything you need to know about using dating apps in 2018. They've changed the methods of courtship. courtship. Here are the apps to try out. Okay, get All a right. pen. All right. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Badoo. Right. First of all, Badoo, to meet anyone. Launched by a Russian tech entrepreneur, Andrei Andreev, Badoo is the biggest dating app in the world. The app launched uh, three years before Tinder and now has 380 million, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Bumble, to meet the nice guy. Hmm. Bumble's unique selling point is that it challenges female users to make the first move, basically eliminating the bro culture of other dating platforms. That's what I'm saying. There we go. On Bumble, uh, hang on a sec, in traditional apps where women match with guys, the unspoken rule is that they hesitate to initiate a conversation for fear of seeming weird or desperate. On Bumble, women have no choice in the matter. That's an interesting one. Uh, Bristler, if you like your men hairy. Uh-huh. Do you like your men hairy? <laughs> Doesn't bother me. It's a man's a man to me. <laughs> well, you if you like beards or if you own a beard, 
I think they're talking about men with beards, but I don't know. It's 2018. (laughs) Do you exclusively date men with beards? Then listen up, because this is the app for you. Bristler, spelled B-R-I-S-T-L-R, is basically a niche dating pool of exclusively bearded men and people who want to date them. Yeah, that's that's being a little too fussy, I think. Well, chappy for Mr. Right. Oh, hang on. Gay men, move on. That's not for you. (laughs) Coffee meets bagel to meet the one. Oh, Oh, here's one. It's been described as the anti-Tinder, and with good reason too. Coffee Meets Bagel's radical focus is on the quality of matches it offers rather than an endless sea of faces you find yourself vacantly swiping through elsewhere. Every day you'll be offered just one single holy grail match based on information you've already inputted on your taste, preferences and hobbies. Don't like what you see? Hold your horses. Wait till tomorrow. No one said true love was easy to find. Oh, I like it. It's sort of slow dating mm-hmm. app. Cof- so that's Coffee Meets Bagel. Coffee Meets Bagel and Bumble. Yeah, I think better. those two are good for you. Here's one that sounds a bit more cutthroat, but let's give it let's give it a shout, right? right? Do I date for rating dates? Do I date is one of the newest dating apps on the scene which sees users leaving reviews for the people they've dated. I mean, Ooh. handy for Ooh. you, but also, Yuck. oh, God, imagine Yelp. them writing about you. No. Oh, wow, that sounds good. <laughs> the app's, the app's fi- founders, Terry Amsbury and Jamie Forsyth, say it's about adding transparency to online dating. Actually, that would be useful, wouldn't it? Because it would stop you having to have those awkward conversations at the end where he's up for something and you're not. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. All right. Grinder again, not for you. Let's move on. Happen to meet the girl at your local coffee shop. Got your eye on the local barista. Oh, this is another niche one. Do you oh. like coffee workers? No, not, not really. I don't even like coffee. <laughs> yeah, okay. Not going to work then. Happen. Hater for I hating. Think, yeah, I think I've got a few there to be going on with, I think. Well, there's one called too many. There's one called Hater. Dream of finding the person who hates the same things as oh, you. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> That sounds very British. Oh, God. Hater is the dating app for you. Instead of faces, you match with people depending on topical talking points, whether that's your feelings on Trump or Putin or rage-inducing topics like slow walkers. <laughs> no, don't think that's for me. Hater. If I'm ever single, that's the first one I'm going on. Hater. Mm. You're just writing that down right now. Just in case. You never know. <laughs> yeah, just in case you ever make a selection between a kitten and your husband. And the kitten wins. Yes. <laughs> Well, look, I would be really, really intrigued if you try any of these. Tell me yeah, how you get on. I'll give you a shout and let you know. I'll yes, you please call do. And I'll let you know if I found the man of my dreams yeah. one day. Which one are you leaning um, towards at this point? Uh, I think the, co- uh, not the coffee meat, probably. Coffee um, meat's bagel. Bris- is it the bristler? Bristler? Bristler is the beardy one, yeah. And Bumble. Yeah, don't mind that. And the, bung- and the Bumble. Yeah. Bumble? Bumble? Yeah, yeah, Bumble. Bumble. <laughs> I'll be busy tomorrow now. Yeah, <laughs> have a busy weekend. Oh, God. How anyway, was... thanks for your time, guys. Hey, yeah. no problem. Nice uh, to speak to you. I'm enjoying the show and tell Ian we're all missing him and um, I'll, I'll let you know how we'll go on with everything. Brilliant. I'd Great. love to hear it. I'd Thank love you. to hear thanks, it. Thanks Catherine. so much. Thank Take you. care. Bye. Bye. It sounds like fun, but it also sounds hellish. Yeah, well, I mean, she's putting herself out there. It's very courageous to do that because it's hard enough to muster your self-esteem and your confidence when you're dating somebody for the first time who you know. So to do a complete blind date. Yeah, it's really brave. Yeah, it's very brave. But I remember, you know, when I got together with my husband, it was like we got married in, what, 2008? Before that, we were together for years. I've never been in this kind of environment where it's swiping and picking people from profiles and all this stuff. And I did know a couple from about the time we got together who'd found each other on a dating site. And it was kind of whispered about because it was weird. But now you're weird if you've not been on these things. Yeah, I'm totally in the weird bunch because I've never, ever done it. But teenagers do it. 
20-somethings do it, and it's completely normal. Yeah, everyone's doing it, apparently. Yeah. Plenty of fish, though, sounds like a... Or know. piece of fish, is the, <laughs> piece as, of fish, as I like to call it. Grandma here. <laughs> Let's have a quick word with Jasmine. Hey, Jasmine. Good ja- evening. Good evening. Good evening. Jasmine's in Switzerland. <laughs> Hello. Oh, hello. What are you up to, Jasmine? Um, you know, I'm working on a new project. Uh, right now, that could possibly help thousands of people. Oh. And I know it sounds big and you might not believe it, but, you know, a lot of people are wearing glasses and they just accept it. It's normal. And, I mean, I've been wearing glasses for about 22 years now, and I really have enough now. So you're... So what? I thought... What if you could go back to your normal eyesight with without any surgery or something? And then I started doing some research on it. And? And so the goal of the project is to prove that it's actually possible to get rid of your glasses and see clearly again in only eight months' time um, with doing a special training for the eye muscles. Um, but the thing is that it's not just the eye muscles, it's um, also the brain that makes the important part of it because it guides the muscles. So the real work begins there to tell the brain how to use the muscles in the right way. Oh, I'm intrigued. It almost sounds psychological. Um, yes, of course, it's also a psychological thing. Um, you should ask yourself, where would you be in life if you haven't had glasses? Who would you be? I mean, I've been wearing glasses for such a long time now that I really have to ask myself those questions. Did, so so are, are, you, are you saying that you have 20-20 eyesight now? Um, no, I have third style of tree and um, first astigmatism. Right. So... How long have you been doing these exercises and when do you expect to be able to throw the glasses in the bin forever? Um, you know, it's not sure because a lot of people have very bad eyes and there's also people who um, only have to wear glasses on a computer. So it really depends on the person itself. And But I'm going to do it during eight months and then make kind of like a summary of it. And maybe I have to carry on afterwards. Hmm. And is this completely your theory or are you getting some guidance from, oh, I don't know, an optician or a doctor, or an ophthalmologist? No, no, unfortunately not. Um, but I've done a lot of research during the last um, few months and now I've put together some exercises. Then I developed them and... Now I'm about to combine it mm. so I can do a daily training. Do you um, wear glasses? I've got contact lenses in now. I wear glasses for astigmatism. Oh, yeah, me yeah. too. So can you give us a little bit of a... I mean, I'm not going to take my contact lenses out because I didn't bring my specs, but could you <laughs> give us something to work on maybe at home? I'll, I'll remember. I'll write it down. Oh, yeah. What's a good exercise? Um, yes, I'm working on... A lot of things now. I also made a channel on Periscope where I will be, I will be streaming that in about a month uh-huh. because I'm still improving it and not sure yet how to go on without it. And when I watch on Periscope, do I do it 
Do I do it with the naked eye or do I do it with the old lenses or do I do it with my specs? Is it partly on, partly off or are we ditching them and never going back? Um, the fear is that you should only wear glasses when you really, really need them. Okay. Because otherwise you will... Which could be all the time. Right. And then the eyes get weaker. I think that's good advice, though, because some people just get used to wearing glasses all the time. And the idea is the gla- mm-hmm. your eyes need to, like she was saying, the muscles need to adjust, contract, stretch, do all those sort of things as you shift focus from long distance to, to close up. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, if, if you're wearing glasses all the time, you're obviating the need to do that. You're you're kind of leaning on the crutch of your glasses. Yeah. I feel like I'm already halfway there with your techniques. I can't wait to see. So you're going to have a how-to. Uh, I mean, she sounds legit, doesn't she? It sounds like it could work. I, of you, I I used to live in uh, for a couple of years when I was a child in Moscow, and I was losing the ability to to read the chalkboard in in class. And I went to a Russian eye doctor, oh, and he and he told me about doing uh, eye te- eye um, exercises, exercises whereby you'd stand at a mm-hmm. window. And you would focus mm-hmm. on something like your hand. You'd put your 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 thumb up in front of your face, like a foot away from your face. You'd look at that. And then you would shift focus to the building across the street and stare at that for a minute. And then you'd come back to your hand. So the idea was to keep shift shifting focus. So I'm wondering if that's part of your technique, Jasmine. Um, yeah, I'm doing a bit of another thing of it. And a bit more stretching the eye muscles. Mm-hmm. But um, that what you said sounds like you're training myopia. Oh. Um, that's the same as I'm doing, but I also have an astigmatism. I'm working on that, but I'm also going to work on hyperopia because it's kind of like um, the opposite of myopia. So it's going to be easy to um, just do the same exercises just in another way. Well, I'm gripped. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk in eight months' time or sooner. Once that periscope is up and running, I want to have a go at it because, frankly, I mean, some some people say men don't make passes so girls wear glasses. It's no longer the 1950s, but you get the drift. I would rather be able to ditch my glasses. Yeah, although, did you hear about that story about the woman who had, she thought she had a cyst in her eye for 18 years and it turned out it was a contact lens that was stuck, nope. stuck in her oh. eye from when she was a teenager. And they went to go dig it out. and yeah, they went, yeah, so you don't want that. Mm. No one wants that. Jasmine, keep us updated. Of course. Goodbye. I'm going to make videos. Yeah, yeah, I bet you are. Goodbye, Jasmine. Dr. Jasmine. Goodbye. She's a dynamo. She is. She does all sorts of projects, and they're all like that. No kidding. Mm-hmm. She's a renaissance woman. She certainly is. She has a lot of time. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Kevin? Hello. Kevin. Hi. Hello. Quiet Kevin in Stoke Kevin. Kevin speaking quietly. Hello. Hello. Is this Katie or Catherine? <gasps> Which one do you think? Which one do you I think? Know. I know. Oh. I'll speak first. Uh, I'll speak first. Who's this? I'm not sure. I'll just turn this radio off. Okay. There and, we go. And now That's I'm talking. Off. Who's this? Uh, my name's Kevin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's got you there. He's got me there. Hi, Kevin. Why did you ring us, Kevin? And we're thrilled you did. Um, I, I was listening earlier, and I think uh, your 
earlier caller was named Tracy. Yes. Dating Tracy. Tracy Dating, who's on Plenty of Fish. Yes. Uh, she sounds a lovely woman, lady, in fact. Um, I'm just wondering if she knows the ratio of men to ladies on Plenty of Fish. Oh, um, do you know? No, I don't know, but I, I'm guessing it's got to be 500 to 1 or maybe more. Why Why are you so interested in the mathematics, Kevin? Um. Well, basically because Tracy said that she's managed to go on six dates, I think, she said. Yes. Um, and I'm struggling to even get a date. Gosh, how, how could that be? <laughs> well, maybe it is because of my looks. I don't know. What do you look maybe like? My... If, if we were to compare, if we were to get an actor to play you in a film. A looky-likey. But one that looked like you, who would we pick? James Whale. Oh, okay. Well, some people like that. He, James Whale's looking good these days. He totally is. He certainly is. Uh, although I have trimmed my beard. He's looking quite... Did he shave his head? James Whale? He's been like that for a while. Oh, okay, all right. I haven't seen him. Well, so have I, actually. Is this Katie or Catherine? I've not quite picked up your voices yet. Well, here's a clue. One of us is English. One of us is American. One of us is American, and one of us is English. But we're both mellifluous uh, speakers. <laughs> well, I'm guessing I'm speaking to the American. Right now, right now, you're two. speaking. You're speaking to me but you are actually also speaking to me yes so it's two for the price of one you're not giving me many clues are you <laughs> tony you've been listening for months one of us is always on this show and one of us is hardly ever on this show and one of tony, us does not Kevin. oh yeah Oh, yeah, there you go. Well, Kevin, even, right? Talk, Kevin, it's all, you, it's, you ring a lot. You sound like a Tony. Are, are you sure your name isn't Tony? I would say it's mistaken identity yeah, all why around. You, why are you calling yourself Kevin? Because that's my name. I, I, actually, I wanted to ring up uh, and speak to James earlier, but unfortunately, I'd forgotten your number. Oh. Uh, and it's not in my phone. Oh, well, shall and I give you the number? Several. Uh, yes, please do, okay. so that every every other listener may want to ring up. Have you got a pen? Uh, well, eventually, after trying several times, I managed to find the number, oh. being 0344, and then is it 911000? Nope. See, I, was, I must be quite close, surely. Well, you must be. Uh, Try again. Eventually, eventually, I managed to get through, didn't I? Did you write it down, or did you just like dial it as I was um, saying it, like a chimpanzee just pounding a keyboard until you came up with Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to consider myself, um, well, with a, a bit, a little bit more IQ level than a chimpanzee. Oh, they're very although smart. We all, although we all know where we came from, don't we? 
Yeah, you're from Stoke. Can you tell by my accent? I can tell by your phone number, Kevin. <laughs> oh. Okay. But yes, uh, I can tell yeah, by your accent, of course. Yeah. Well, there were plenty of points I wanted to talk to James about. Okay. Uh, but I'm but I'm more than happy to discuss them um, with you, Katie, and Catherine. Now you're all right. Give him a ring tomorrow. 0344 499 1000 is the phone number for anyone else who wants to speak to us. James Whale is on between 7 and 10. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. See, this is where you come in, dear listener, because we are scratching around with very, very little to back it up when it comes to these online dating sites. But Emma has sent me a tweet saying, Badoo is vile, meat market, Bumble is okay. Okay, good. There you go. If, so, you've been, if you've been on one of these sites, give us a shout, please. Oh, so three, four, helpful. Four, four, nine, nine, one yeah, yeah, it is. Someone, yeah, someone who's been in the trenches has sampled the delights and has lived to tell the tale. And anyone who's actually met someone that they liked on there. Oh, that'd be good to know. Be excellent. We had someone ring up once who was telling us about this nightmare dating story. And then the person they dated phoned up. How satisfying. I mean, it was delicious, but I did yeah. feel sorry for, well, I felt sorry for both of them, actually. But And did the person confirm or deny the allegations, the one who called up? Confirmed. Confirmed. And, and they were, in fact, a nightmare. Well, if they just weren't the right fit, they wanted different things, that yeah. thing. Yeah. And um, I could see where both of them were coming from, but she kind of liked him and he obviously didn't, but he was one of these nice guys. And then afterwards, if I remember rightly, I don't think he ghosted her, but pretty much yeah that's the thing about social media is that it is so tempting just to disappear because because it feels kinder it's kinder to you because you don't have to confront the thing yeah yeah it's not it's not very gentlemanly no i I did it once so i ghosted someone once before it was called ghosting it was just called running away yeah running away yes i went back to university and never phoned him again um but which wasn't very nice but Sometimes it's easier than saying it, isn't it? I guess so. I have this thing. There's somebody that I date, and it seems um, it's so intermittent, and it's probably once every nine and a half months I go on a date with him. So I went on a date with him a couple of years ago, and then I never heard from him for like eight months. And then he texted me. And, you know, hey, how's it going? And then so I texted back saying, oh, I just assumed that, you were secretly married and had children and, you know, returned to your family. Oh, no, absolutely not. Why would you think What's that? What's his deal then? Did you come around again on the rota? Uh, I think I came around on the rota. I, here's the thing, though. Um, I think it's more like he, we've never spoken about it. Um, and I'm happy only having dinner with him once a year or so. Um, so I think he sensed that I wasn't actually that gung-ho mm-hmm. about the whole scenario. But you're nice company. Yeah. Yeah. We're both nice company. Yeah. I think he's interesting and nice, but it's a, you know, that's the damning word, isn't it? You're nice. Yeah. But you, so if he phoned you more often, would you go out with him more often? No, I, I actually like it that he just checks in very intermittently. <laughs> in, in fact, because you know what he does is sometimes he just sort of shows up where he knows I'm going to be. Oh, hang on a minute. But and then he says quite sweetly, oh, I thought you'd be here tonight. That's why I came. It's so sort of sweet. Is it? 
Is it sweet? <laughs> is it sweet because you actually quite like him? And if you didn't, it would be creepy. Yeah, because I, I know and trust him, so it doesn't seem weird. Um, but it is sort of weird for a grown man to just not like if, if there is an event that he anticipated I might be at. Why didn't he? seize the bull by the horns and contact me and go hey are you going to go to that gig because Katie it's weird <laughs> <laughs> you know that saying out loud now don't you okay, can you hear so it I, th- I think that's probably why a dinner once a year is enough <laughs> exactly <laughs> and the rest of the time he's just hanging out in places where you might be and you're not <laughs> God, ain't romance grand. Oh, I'm God. so glad I'm I, not out there. I need to get on a uh, coffee meat bagel. Coffee meat bagel. Or bumble. But I need or to bristler. get... bristler. Br- I, I don't want a bristler. I already have been fully exfoliated stem to stern. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to crawl all over somebody's body hair to, to get me baby soft. Simon, how hairy are you? Oh, well, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is becoming a habit. We've got to stop this. You know that. Um, people, you, will, people will talk. Are you bearded? Are you? Are you? Would you be on Bristler? Oh, well, I've got a beard. Yeah, beard. I'm go. We've got a Bristler. We've got a Bristler. Wait, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's yeah, your wrongest for? Hair, hair in all the right places. And some like, of the wrong yeah. ones, I dare say. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Now look, uh, the reason I had to phone up, plenty of fish. Or as my friend calls it, fishy fingers. Oh come on! <laughs> Let me. Now, let's guess. He's not the most popular with the girls. Well, well I, I, he doesn't. He, well, he he's not on it. Well, he, there we um, go. He thinks it's a, a bit of a joke. I must admit, he is um, annoyingly attractive. Um, he doesn't seem to to, to, to know that, fortunately. But uh, he's one of these people. But anyway, so that's by the by. Now I'm on. I'm on fishy fingers oh stop it stop calling it that there's my first tip (laughs) um now at the beginning i had a a bit of luck excuse me um i had a bit of luck at the beginning with dates uh none of them really amounted to much and to be honest each one of them have a story and it was a pretty horrendous experience for me um the first few dates I had um, and I've not had anything from there for years now and I, I, I spoke to you in the past about um, the incel thing yeah so this is all sort of tied up with it but anyway I couldn't understand why I was literally getting nothing no responses no nothing and this is when I was actively sending messages out and I tried everything from great big long essays about myself and who I wanted to meet and everything else to hello do you fancy coffee you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and the other thing that would bug me as well would be you would get talking to someone and there would be you get to a a point where you exchange numbers everything else and then the minute you ask them out for a date they disappear they go quiet disappear and I couldn't work it out and then I was getting nothing. So I thought, right, here's an experiment. So I created a profile of a mid-twenties woman. Oh, God. Downloaded some pictures from Google of an ordinary average-looking girl and made up this profile. Within an hour, I had over 200 responses from men most of which were talking disgusting to me. Oh. And and I, if this is inappropriate, I apologise. No. But the majority of those men were Asian men. Mm. 
and the stuff they were saying to me was horrific right not that i so, want to hear the stuff they were saying to you but i no, do no, want no. to hear more about this can you straddle the news for me and i'll come back in a second yeah, yeah. <laughs> Of course I can straddle for you, Casey. That's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. If you want to join the queue behind straddling Simon, uh, we'll be back just after this. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number to call. Um, Simon, you're about to get a masterclass in dating websites. Not from us because we have no experience of it. But right. next door. We've got Talk Radio's Mr. Lover Lover, Sam. Hello. Oh, I thought it be Ash. Oh, he's gone home, and come on, be he's, real. He's got nothing on me. Right. <laughs> when you were talking about your techniques, first of all, yeah. the long kind of email type uh, approach, That's he was shaking yeah. his head, and he was also shaking his head when you said you invite them straight out for coffee. Sam, where is he going wrong? Mate, that's a, that's a rookie move. Like, just okay. so, just so you know, I've this is coming from a guy who's previously was in a two-year relationship with someone that they met off of tinder so you know it is possible yes it does work um usually you need to start slow so from like based on what you read about them you just need to start chatting about that and then come up with the first day after a few weeks that sort of makes sense from something that you've learned about them Uh, at casual and interested exactly so um like so there was one girl that i went out on a date with from someone i'd met on bumble who she was big into sort of like marvel films and stuff like that um and it transpired after a few weeks of chatting to her when i say like it's literally i've been talking for about a month not actually met her yet um she hadn't seen the latest film so i invited her out to see it Uh aha okay so you like you had to be a little bit interested well be interested but not desperate yeah, and not yeah, pushy yeah. no like if you if you first message you send is hey so let's meet it uh, it if do you know what it would feel like to me it would feel like you're sending that out to everyone yeah 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 no you're right you're right um but i, I mean like i said I, I i have tried all approaches um so yes i have done the you know let's meet and i have also done the the, the longer winded things what i find is that you get to a stage where you're, you you sort of hit a buffer and all you're doing, literally, you might message someone two or three times a day or they may message you, but the only conversation that's happening is, hey, how are you? Then you've not you met, don't know each met, other. You've not met the right person on it yet, then? Well, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with you there, absolutely. Also, when you said to, messaging two or three times a day, is that a bit much, Sam? No, that, I, that's... Well, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't profess to be an expert on these things, but like I say, I mean, I did my little experiment, and and it did shock me, mm. and it did make me sort of think, well, if this is what's happening, and I think this must be um, pretty exclusive to the free ones because it, it, to invest the sort of money um, for blokes to, be, to to send you messages like that. I don't think, you know, it would cost them an absolute fortune. I don't think they would bother. No, because I think um, some of these men are using these sites as a free kind of 0898 type um, yeah. service. Yeah. But I think, you know, a lot of it is um, is that. And then, you know, like I said, I mean, I have had some success in the beginning. I don't really bother now. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, I think you're absolutely right what you're saying, Sam. Um, and thank you for 
pointing that out. Because, you know, maybe he hadn't really thought about asking them, you know, questions in depth. Um, well, I, well yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say in depth. I would just say keep it light. And keep, also keep, listening keep to them. Keep it fun. Be interested. But don't be pushy. Yeah. And also, get, you know, back up and give them time. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's like fishing. Yeah. I just wonder if um, a lot of them, have, you know, they, they they put their profiles on there and they get met with what met me with my fake profile. For sure. They sort of get put off straight for away, sure. you know? For sure, for sure. And that is why women are wary. Yeah. Men are bloody idiots, it has to be said. Some men are. Some men are brilliant. Yeah. Show them which True. one you are. Yeah, and, and, and Alan Caddick, you deserve a retrial for what you said earlier on. A retrial? I think he deserves yeah. a ban from this show. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure he knows. I, I'm not entirely... Oh, maybe it's unfair. I'm not entirely yeah. sure he knows how powerful that word is. Maybe. Because it's the second time it's come up in conversation. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I think... Yeah. Well, you remember what happened before with um conversation that came up about um, people in on the joke? I don't... I think maybe that's another example there. Yeah, where you have to sort of remind yourself that not everyone yeah. is. You're right. Thanks for phoning, Simon. No problem. Take care. Bye. Bye, Bye now, Bye. Simon. Bye. Did you just say love you? No. Oh, sorry, I didn't I say it. Really? I love you. You didn't, did he? Why not? <laughs> hey, Stephen. Hi there. Love you. <laughs> what did you want to say? Uh, I was just bringing up about the, um, about the plenty of fish... Um, uh, well, the first time I went on it, I know it really does work because my partner on with now, uh, her sister is married to a guy she met on Plenty of Fish and now they've got kids together, things like that, obviously. But when I went on it, it scared me off it because when I searched for people in my area, the first person that popped up my ex's mum. Oh, my <laughs> God! Oh, no! <laughs> what, and you didn't fancy her? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is a scary yeah. experience. Yeah, I thought, oh, mother-in-law were there, so I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get out of this. Yeah, retract. Did you try a different one? No, no, I've not tried many. Obviously, just, just you can do it through Facebook. Facebook's like that anyway, isn't it? Is it? I know Facebook started out like that, and some blokes try that, but... I know. Yeah, you just, just like the pictures and then start poking them until they answer your message back. Oh. You sound like a romantic, <laughs> yeah, romantic that's a, man. That sounds like pin the tail on the donkey. <laughs> just like someone, or like, you know, you've got a pinata stick and you're just going to thwack and thwack till that candy comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Stephen, if it's working for you. Yeah, it's working, it's working. No, I'm, I'm, um, I'm settled down now. I've got um, children and misses now, so uh, okay. I don't want any dating sites no more. And uh, what about Facebook? Have you given that up, or are you still on there poking? No, I don't go on that either anymore. Good you, lad. You know what? You've just you've <laughs> just answered a question actually for me because I do get people, men, strange men, poking me, and I don't understand what that is. And you've just explained what that yeah, is. Yeah, you're the pinata in this I'm scenario. I'm the pinata. I'm I'm the one filled with candy. <laughs> nice to speak to you, Stephen. I'm going to let you go because your phone is making a really odd noise. Okay, then, no worries. I mean, it sounds like you're about to be teleported. <laughs> See you. Have a good night, Stephen. Thanks for ringing. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Travis, what do you do if online dating just doesn't work? I get sick of hearing it's all about how someone looks. 
That's from Travis. I don't know. Maybe someone out there does. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You sound like you're coming round to the idea, Katie. Well, uh, one thing that's pre- preventing me from doing that is that I have a steampunk phone from the olden days, so I can't actually load any apps. And um, I think, like, I keep saying to people, "Oh yeah, I'll you know I could give it a try once I get a new phone." But mysteriously, years come and go, and I don't get a new phone. Well, then you don't really want to do it. Yeah, I must not want to do it. I must not want to do it. I just hear too many scary stories about like, yeah, I went out, I had coffee with the guy and now he calls me at four in the morning for a, you know, midnight munchie, (laughs) whatever the kids call it. Some people like that. (laughs) A booty call. A booty call. Okay. Yeah. I I renamed it a midnight munchie. munchie. (laughs) And I I go to piece of fish for my midnight munchies. I'm making life much more interesting by my own ignorance. Right. Well, you are leading, you're segueing very, <laughs> I was, was going to say neatly, but it's not, it's, it's clumsy as heck, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> okay. And it's after midnight now. So I wanted to talk to you about this story. All right. You know, the sort of things that people do to spice up their love lives. When they found the one, sometimes the way to show them that they are the one is to share them with somebody else. No. Well, these people do it. Although I've seen documentaries. I have. Every single one I've seen. Disgusting. I look at the couple and go, she's not as into it as you are. The guy. It's all the guy. Always, always, always. Well, listen to this one. A swingers party ended in a punch up when one man accused another of trying to seduce his partner as she helped him get dressed. Oh, see, it's a topsy turvy world. Yeah, it's like what? You're putting clothes on him, you pervert! Yeah, exactly. Property firm director David Tillier became jealous when he spotted Evelyn Hodder assisting John Watson by putting his sock on. Oh, Gosh, yes. That had mess. So, and questioned his manliness. The 47-year-old accused <laughs> hotelier Watson of propositioning his partner at the New Year's Eve masquerade ball in Blackpool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a swingers party, I thought. Yeah, you know, he's not cut out for that gig. He's been to a few parties. I wonder whether... It- Either there's something missing here. In the story. Yeah. Or in the sock that she's helping him with. Here's the rest of the story, right? right. Ex-serviceman Watson, 50, then punched and headbutted the accuser who was left needing hospital treatment. This is according to the Daily Telegraph. Miss Hodder was dressed in just lingerie. Yes, of course she was. When she and her partner headed to the changing room to pick up their clothes. By the way, let me just show you what this club looks like romance oh it is grim it's like it's a bunker (laughs) i mean that that's where that's where who was the man earlier talking about his apocalyptic food yeah definitely yeah Uh, that was dion that is where you get served up like soup on noodles your apocalyptic last supper although i'm sure it's very nice inside sure covered in bloodstains yeah and the rest (laughs) coleslaw wasn't it ghost splooge yeah coleslaw coleslaw she sat next to Watson. It was just then that Mr. Tillia saw him putting his, his sock on, prompting him to ask, what sort of man needs help putting a sock on? Well, we all know what that leads to. Watson jumped from his seat, pushed Mr. Tillia into a toilet door, which broke, then attacked him as he was trapped by a sink, Preston Magistrate's court heard. This sounds like a scene from the new Mission Impossible movie, an action-adventure sequence. Other swingers split the pair up, but Mr. Tillier was ushered from the venue to his hotel because staff did not want to call the police. I bet they didn't. Mr. Tillier described it as a really violent attack in a venue he and his partner usually feel comfortable in. So they've been to this place quite a bit. They travelled from Nottinghamshire for the ball last year, and Mr. Tillier says he was only there to observe sex and not participate. Wait, is this the headbutter? Is saying that he no the just... headbutty? 
head buddy so likes to the, watch. He's the jealous partner of the lingerie clad sock sister. Oh, so the jealous partner who was the head butter. Or no, the one, he the got head butted. The victim. He had, a go, he had a go at a guy and saying, how on earth can you not put your own socks on? Are you looking at my bird? All that kind of thing. Yeah. And the guy responded by pushing him through a toilet door and apparently head butting him. Oh, I see. So the 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 guy who was insulted, mm-hmm. the, was sedu- the, one that- the seductive sock... Sock, yeah. Mr. Socks, Mr. Socks, who was the seducer, <laughs> who was stealing the strumpet, who was already being passed around like a bottle of Southern Comfort <laughs> in a shanty town next to a railroad track outside New Orleans in 1949. Yes. Anyway, so he was he was the one. Oh, he said, "I'll show you who's a man." Yeah. And then he head butted him and threw yeah. him through a, a, you know, through several toilets and wedged him into a sink. Mr. Hodder told the court that Watson's attack left her. Oh, Miss Miss Hodder, this is uh, Southern Comfort. Um, was left shaken. I saw at least one punch. He said, "I was shocked." And when my partner left, I stayed for a time, sat next to a four-poster bed before I left and went for a taxi. Whoa! So hang on a minute. This happens. He leaves, and she's still sitting there. Yeah, but there's a four-poster bed. They don't have one of those at home, so she's going to stay in the bunker with the fancy princess bed. Now, so the man, I like how his masculinity was threatened. So then he did by a, the sock, but not by the thing that rhymes with sock, which was plentiful in the other room. Yes, and he likes to watch. He likes to watch. Yeah, I. It's a real interesting ecosystem, and one, maybe what happens in that room is different from what happens in the changing room. Well, it's here, like and scene. I, it, that's what I was going to say. It's all. It's all about context. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Boundaries. Yeah. And then, are you looking at my bird? Yeah. Are you allowing a sock to be affixed to your foot? Yeah. That's improper. I'm not going to judge people's lifestyle choices. I am. And yet, I just can't see what the thing is there. I don't like it. It makes me feel sad. It, it just, makes me feel like it makes me someone's feel... not being honest about how fulfilled they are. I don't like it. Cause, and also, I just like the nicest thing I can think of to do with a nice man is kissing. Like, it just seems like, oh, that would just be so nice to get together and cuddle and kiss. And, and then, like... You don't fancy that in a um, a terraced house painted green with blacked out windows with some sort of dungeon thing in the basement? It, it, when you get to the stage that you have to uh, add on all these extras to just get to fourth base, it just seems like, you know, you can't really participate in the joys of humanity mm. anymore i mean it's it, you've screwed up your factory settings haven't you it's like those kids the teenagers who ha- are impotent because they've watched too much porn yeah. you know like the 10 year olds have watched too much porn so by the time they're 19 and they can't satisfy their girlfriend uh without watching some snuff movie or something and then they have to get because it feels like what the doctor what that scenario you're talking about yeah. and this scenario here does away with is intimacy which is the thing yeah, that that's it. we like. Yeah. Trust and intimacy. And you don't, I mean, once you do away with trust and you're that calculating about it, and then it's just a sausage festival. <laughs> it just <laughs> seems like you know, pig in a blanket, anybody? I, I don't know. It just is too much pork for just one fork. <laughs> that's all I'm saying to you. <laughs> Well, that's swinging covered. If you'd like to introduce another topic, 0344 <laughs> Let's talk to Alan. Hey, Alan. Oh, he's gone. Alan, he's fed up. Or maybe he wanted to talk about that. We can talk about that if you want to. 
I have, you know, I want to talk about having my sleeping uh, habits. Having oh, yeah, critiqued by critiqued. someone who doesn't understand. Who doesn't understand. So we were, we were complaining about this to each other earlier. Um, so... Not only do I work a night job, at least this week, you work, you work it all the time. Mm-hmm. This is a night job. And, and you know, when you finish this job, you're, you're up for a while, aren't you? I mean, we're drinking coffee, we're chatting to stimulating individuals and talking uh, filth, talking filth. So it's all very stimulating. And anyway, I'm a night owl and, um, I am starting to get a little, galled and a little enervated by certain snarky comments coming from the caretaker of my building, who's a very nice man. I mean, he's kind of an asshole, but he's not a dick. Um, and by that, <laughs> there is a difference. There is a difference. I mean, he's a, he is annoying and needling, but he's not but malicious. In a fun way. In a, well, he thinks he's being fun, mm-hmm. but he's, a, you know, he does look out for me and he, and he's a nice guy and you've, he's smart. You've told me a bit about him and I think he's yeah. negging you. He's, yeah. It's kind of a flirtation thing. I think, you know what it is? I was going to say it's like the, you know, pulling the girl's pigtails in class, but the adult version of that is yeah. negging. So anyway, so he always likes to like grab on some insignificant detail about, you know, something I'm wearing or some, you know, some random bit of behavior and he turns it into a whole deal. And so, um, and he'll often very sweetly like, collect a package for me or something if if I'm not at home. And then when he tries to deliver it, he understands that he's not to really ding dong my chimes before (laughs) before 11 in the morning because I keep late hours. I work late hours. And but here's the problem. He likes to turn it into, oh, well, you know, you're such a layabout. You're so lazy, like you don't get up until noon or something. I'm not lazy. I'm working. And I would like to have my full eight hours of sleep or at least six. Yeah. Um, you know, I've just come back from Southern California a couple of days ago and I'm still on crazy LA time, you know, eight hours in into the future, I think, or the past. I can't remember which one. The other thing about this is please don't piss off a woman who's tired because Ugh. she will not take it well, right? I was had a bee in my bonnet all day long about him giving me a hard time about this. And it's just a weird thing how, you know, the perception is if you're not getting up with the larks, uh, then you're not contributing to society. Yeah, yeah. I've heard this a lot and it became I mean you have it. Yeah. Don't you? It became a bit of a running joke in our family of my husband and the girls sort of going, Oh, you know, mummy's like a sloth. She's always just lying about and she's, you know, tired all the time <laughs> and she's always you know she likes to sleep. She loves sleeping. Mummy's like a big old bear. Mummy's a vampire. Mummy doesn't get up in the in the day. She's always asleep. Blah 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 Mum, Mummy's bringing home the bacon. To the point where I had to like take my husband to one side and go, listen can you cut this out? Because actually, I'm working really bloody hard and I'm sleeping less than you guys. Yeah. And I'm trying to sort of hold down a job and I feel guilty about, you know, not doing all the stuff that I could have done if I wasn't doing these hours. But actually, I do more because I'm doing these hours. I take the girls to school every morning. Okay. Admittedly, most of the time I've got my pajamas on underneath my jeans, but hell, I'm on my feet and I've had like three hours sleep sometimes and wow. I'm doing as much as I can. Please don't take the mickey out of me for being tired because, uh, you know, it's, well, it's, it's, it's disrespectful, I think. And also it's sending a message like it's implying something. To, to my girls, I'm lazy. Yeah. Which I'm not. I, don't know. I, I am tired, though. God, but the tired. thing is, like, listen to us because we both sound really defensive about it, yeah. as if we are trying to cover up our laziness. But it is really we love being asleep um, uh, when everyone else is banging and clattering outside, and when the Amazon man is um, <laughs> knocking like I owe him money. We love that stuff. I love having broken sleep and never being quite awake 
and uh, yeah, and having to drive home really carefully at night and sometimes pull over and like have a coffee and stuff because that's that's fun, right? Yeah, so great. But what you know, what is it about the smug early birds? Like, where do they get off? What are they really doing? All they see is us still being asleep at 10 o'clock, right? Which looks like fun to them. Yeah. What they don't realize is we didn't get to bed till five. Okay. Just making that clear to everybody. So, you know, don't, please don't. Just don't. Yeah. And if I've given you a note saying you can put that parcel in my safe place, please don't be banging on my door. Thank you. I like that expression, put my parcel in, in my, my safe, safe place. place. I'm going to put that on my, on my piece of fish profile (laughs) (laughs) and then i wonder what will happen (laughs) god can you oh god can you imagine Uh, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand give us a ring alan has bottled it but i know you're made of tougher stuff so give us a ring you can always text us uh and you do that by texting talk and your message to eight seven two 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 that's 25p per message on top of your standard network rate or you could tweet us at talk radio we're waiting to hear from you the Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. Penguinland needs an update on Ian's cat, it turns out on Twitter. Ian's cat is still very much in the land of the living. I went to see her today. We had a chat. Then she clambered back underneath the bed. Um, litter tray, slightly less messy than yesterday, but we have had words about it. And she'd eaten all her um, wet food again. So I'm thinking this whole idea of going every other day was hogwash and and she needs to eat more. Well, here's the thing that I'm so impressed by. You're practically Florence Nightingale because you have to drive an hour Mm -hmm. to get to Velvet Mm -hmm. and then an hour to get to your next destination. An hour and a half here. Oh, an hour and a half here. Mm -hmm. So that is, that's heroic. Well... Someday I'm going to be rewarded for it. But in the meantime, yeah. Um, I mean, well, the, her, when I'm an old cat, I want someone to come and feed me every day. Uh, and also just her little face. Her, oh, her little sweet. face is reward enough. Well, I do worry that I, part of me is just I, I don't want her to die on my watch. Right. And if I don't go. The, it's cynical self-interest. You totally. just don't want, you don't want to have that guilt. I don't care about that cat. No, of course I do. I mean, yeah. I, that's a that's a that's a living thing that I'm responsible for. I like that. Um, your I feed bo- my kids every day too. And did did she did she kind of pop out a little bit more eagerly this she time? She did, and okay. she followed me down the stairs this uh, time. She she associated you with the good stuff, yeah, and the good times. She's still not interested in my little um, treats, though. I was shaking that box for ages, and she yeah. wasn't interested. But she did. Did she chirp little meows at yeah, you? Yeah, there was a bit of that, and she let me stroke her as well. Oh. And she kind of um, rubbed up against my legs and did that whole thing. It was nice. I can see why people like cats. I like yeah. that cat. Yeah, um, she's so good. She's so good, but I do feel sorry for her. Yeah. I sat and chatted. She was sitting under the bed, so I sat there and um, chatted to the space where she was clearly (laughs) hiding for a good five minutes. Like a crazy woman. Yeah, and then I said, right, well, I'm going now. Don't try and stop me. Yeah. (laughs) She wasn't bothered. I think she was asleep. Right. But anyway, yeah, she's fine. She's going to be cool. Good. Um, And I told her I'd see her probably see tomorrow then. Again, nothing yeah. from under the bed. But she's, I, I take that as a, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, it's safe to do that, safe to assume. Yeah, but actually, no, it's quite nice. What was I going to tell you about? Oh, yeah. The other thing that I've been, um, I've realised is, right, there are two, there are more than one kind of mum, but I realise that I'm a chancer mum, right? There are these mums who can do things really easily, like, you know, if they've got daughters, they can do French plats and they're, and, and they're straight and it doesn't take them all day and doesn't fall out straight away. I can't do a French plait to start with. It's just like, mummy, can we have a French plait? No, you can wait to see grandma for that. You can have a ponytail. And if you're lucky, I'll put a bow in it. Yeah. Because we just haven't got time. And there are, you know, there are mums that can 
I don't know, make a wigwam out of a bedsheet and four oh, garden canes, all that yes, kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Fortunately, most of those mums are on YouTube showing us yeah. chanter mums how to do it, right? Right. I was going to say go to YouTube. So what's happened is over the years, my kids think that when it comes to birthday cakes, I'm Mary Berry because I seem to always be able to pull it out of the hat. What happens is I can usually find like a 15-year-old or one of these yummy mummies on YouTube who breaks it down and, and, and makes it possible, right? It's like watching a Blue Peter but actually having the bits and being able to pause it and stuff. So this year, my eldest wants a Harry Potter-themed party. So I've said I'm going to make her the sorting hat, which is like a bent out of shape, fortunately, um, old sort of leather witch's hat with a face in it, right? Which I'm thinking, great. And I've said to her, if it goes wrong, I could just put bigger eyes on it and it's one of those emoji poos. <laughs> so I, You're making her a poo cake. Basically, yeah. Great. So I started making it today thinking I've got to do it for Saturday, but I'd need to build in disaster time because it has happened in the past. Like the time I made a carousel cake and it was mostly out of chocolate, right? Which is a bad idea, making anything mostly out of chocolate in the middle of a heat wave. Like it was oh. a few years ago, August, and I remember sitting in the kitchen crying because these handmade chocolate um, carousel horses were just bending and like all their features were rubbing off. And, uh, like Salvador Dali melting clock. I got it together in the end and like propped it up so it was going to stay together for the big moment, which is, you know, you take it out with the candles and everything. Didn't realise that putting candles underneath a canopy entirely made out of chocolate in a heat wave is not the best. It looked like some kind of industrial accident. Yes. But crime they, scene. They appreciated the efforts, right? That fairground, however, would not pass health and safety well, standards. It, that looked like a poo cake as well. <laughs> it was as a theme. But they liked it, right? They liked it. So this year, yeah, we've had uh, unicorn cakes. That's another thing. So my youngest's birthday is in a month's time. So this is all setting precedents, dangerous precedents. They just come out with these ideas and they pull them out of their, their hats. So I started making this cake today and I was copying this woman online and um, it was all going really well until I tipped it out today and I had to slice through it. It's in a, like this really odd shaped tin, which is like a, a really long kind of dome and where you'd normally separate the cake mix into two tins to make a sort of sandwich cake. Yeah. You put the whole thing in. And so the timings were completely off because this thing is massive. And I kept taking it out and sticking my, um, you know, cake tester in there and yeah. uh, coming out covered in, still covered in raw cake. And I kept doing it, kept doing it. And then by the end, I thought, oh, I think I've cracked it this time. Tipped it out again, waited for it to cool, sliced through it. And the middle of it is completely raw still. Ew. So I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And this time I'm going to use that odd shaped cake tin for half the mixture. And then I'm going to put the rest in another cake tin and do it like it's a sandwich. This is like science. So what I'm saying is, thanks YouTube, because thanks to you, my kids don't realise that this is a massive ordeal every year, so and I should just buy them a Colin the Caterpillar, and this could all be over. Right. And are you, so are you doing tester cakes, and then you throw them away? Well, this one's going to be have to be thrown away. Yeah. Because, well, there's nothing you could do with it. No. I must say, I've kept the top of it, just in case the top of the next one doesn't work out, but I'm hoping the next one's going to be perfect i think yeah. i know what i'm doing this time but i've you know time is ticking and i've got this to do and also i need to sleep at some point so it's going to get frantic is what i'm saying yeah to you. yeah and i'm blaming youtube because before youtube i would have looked at it and gone nah, i can't do that <laughs> i can't right. do that so you, there's false expectations that yeah. you set for yourself and it's, it's daft really a lot of people have said to me won't just buy one but i think part of it is mum that mum guilt thing of no, I should be able to do this stuff. Did your mother, mm. What did was she good at all that yeah. stuff? 
So, so what were her specialties? Oh, cakes. She made a rabbit jelly once that I tried to replicate. She made a rabbit jelly and she made the grass out of green jelly and then the rabbit was made out of red jelly so it looked amazing. I tried to do that for my eldest's first birthday and again it didn't set in the middle so I poured the rabbit onto the green jelly grass and it just, it was like the rabbit had been eviscerated. It was Yeah. It's like the Croydon cat killer all over again in cake form. Totally. So, I mean, all right, yeah, you're right. It's not just YouTube, it's my mum too. Thanks a bunch, mum. I appreciate it. Kind of. My mom was good at sewing. My mom's that as well. Dressing up outfits. Oh, I was the little doll. I was her doll. Like she, you know, she crocheted, knit, sewed, designed, head to toe couture ensembles from elementary school onward. And then once I got involved in my little dance um, recitals. Yeah, she did the costumes. She did it all. I mean, she did train in fashion. Ah, so that was her background. That's handy. And university, that was one. That was her major, was fashion. So actually, you were probably helping her scratch an itch there as well. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, I was scratching some itches <laughs> at the old homestead, psychologically speaking. Um, but I, gosh, I still wish I had some of those jumpers because they were amazing from the 80s. Do you 80s. mean jumpers or do you mean? I mean British jumpers. I'm talking your language. I'm adjusting. Because I found out yesterday that jumper in America is like a pinafore, right? Yeah, it's a pinafore. But it's even kind of a bygone phrase in America. What, like slacks? Yeah, like slacks because we don't really have slacks anymore. The, oh, here's the thing talking about bygone phrases. So when I came in to talk radio tonight, the fellow, there was a a nice young man having a cigarette outside on the steps. And he said, all right. And I said, (laughs) was it, was he um, sort of blondie? Blondie. Yeah, I know who he is. How do you know who he is from that description? Because he's the nice young man with a cigarette, isn't he generally? That is so funny that you, like I just said the most banal thing about him. And you're like, that's Pat. Anyway, he said, all right. Does that sound like Pat? Is that like right. the kind of thing? All right. All right. Yeah. It sounds like most of talk sport, to be honest. Yeah. So it's just like. That's when they're feeling particularly verbal. Yeah. He was like really giving it the chat. So I said, yes, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? And then that just sounded like way too much. Like I just, it was so culture clashy. No, he'd love that. And then, and there was this kind of like awkward silence, but like, you know, like benign yeah that was fine so then i was just i heard it jarring in my head like what am i talking about because what's the right response when someone says all right you just go right i'm just like going yes how do you do i am fine fine fellow what i found is southerners use all right like hello yes and so they're not actually asking you if you're all right yes i know so when i because that's the thing when i moved to britain in the 80s i felt like when people go how are you all right how are you all right? I felt like they were saying, they were answering their own question. Yes. Like, how are you? I've decided you're all right, so shut up. I don't need to hear a yes or a no yeah, about, how are you all right? Like, I haven't told you that. Uh, so, yeah, so after Pat with a cigarette, you know, I gave him far too much information. Then I walked in and then the nice man behind the desk said, all right. <laughs> and then I just did the same thing again. Like I'm some freaky American on American autopilot going there. And I said, but the question is fine. Thank are you. Those, how are those guys? We don't know. And we're never going to know. <laughs> Let's have a word with Alan. Hey, Alan. Hello. How are you? All right. 
<laughs> all right. Fine. How are you? There we go. I'm all right. All right. Well, we we missed you earlier when you dropped off, but and we're glad you're back. Yeah, I know. I lost signal. <laughs> okay. What did you want to say, Alan? Yeah. Well, I've been I've been on this Facebook site and I've uh, done a bit of the uh, plenty of fish sites. Um, I went on on the Facebook site. I got I got poked by a young lady in America, oh. and uh, we started. How very forward. Chatting on. Yeah, she was straightforward. Uh, she invited me over, and well, you know, I what? didn't go over actually because it- she. W- she wanted me to start buying a present. There we go. There we go. How soon after your initial conversation did she start talking about you going over? Uh, the next day. Right, boom. There you go. That should send out warning signals. But although you may be, I mean, you may be hot stuff, Alan. Well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but she was asking you to buy her presents as well, was she? Cheeky bear. Oh, yeah. She, she wanted uh, an iPhone or... She wanted uh, oh, a, 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 you know, I couldn't believe it. I didn't even know her. And then no. she started sending me some pictures of herself. Oh, God, well, here we go. Yeah, we think it's of herself, yeah. but it could be anybody. And what kind of pictures are we talking? Right. How many clothes was she wearing? Full compliment? Well, not very much. Boom, there we go. Not very much. There we go. Yeah, no. And then was she much. asking to see yours? Yeah. Now she'd shown you hers? Uh, no, no, she didn't actually ask that right because uh, that's another thing they do yeah. so they'll get yeah, some pictures yeah. of you and then they'll start trying to get money out of you for it well that's right yeah so i didn't uh, i didn't uh, do anything like that uh but another thing i just said that uh y- your mother used to be uh, a dressmaker or oh yes used to make clothes oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah uh my uh-huh. mom my mother used to uh have her own uh, making underwear for Biggish ladies, but sexy underwear. Oh. We used to have overlockers and a, a flat machine in the house. My mother started from that and uh, had a had a lot of factory going. And I used to be on. I used to help her make the knickers. <laughs> <laughs> wow! What a great after-school job. That's unusual. That's, that's quite cool. Like, uh, it's better than a paper mother, round. God, imagine in these days of the internet, she could have made a fortune. Yeah. I know. She's passed away now, so, so God rest her soul. She's got been yeah. gone 17 years. But, well, uh, but no one can say know. she didn't do her bit. Oh, no. I mean, my mother did it quite a lot. She was work, work, work. She'd go out, do do her own thing, and then do another job as well, like, you know, to make to make money. Um, it's like me. I, I work, work doing my job at night time. I work through the night. Mm. That's why I'm always. That's why I'm always on here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do, Alan? Uh, wagon driver. Oh, right. <laughs> so, are you in the wagon now? I've just pulled up, uh, waiting to get onto the bay to uh, unload. Yeah, and then uh, get, off I go again. <laughs> really? Yeah. When, when do you get to yeah, sleep? That's how it is. Uh, I'll get home about five in the morning. I'll probably be up about dinner time, and then I'll be back back at work for say about four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So it's up. Yeah. It's all go. It's it just seems if it's like go on, off, on. You're just waiting to go work once you wake up anyway. I know exactly what you mean. One of that. 
I had a look today yeah. and I'm not an exercise. I'm not Jane Fonda for one second. I hate it, but I've just got, I've got into this sort of a rhythm with my, with working these hours that I'm always just watching the clock of when I can go to sleep, when I can wake up. And then I've got to do, you know, sort the kids out, get ready for work, come to work, do this, go home, back to bed. And then I'm on a timer again. And it's always, I feel, I feel like I'm always setting the alarm, you know, and I've been watching the clock to fulfill various things, but I'm not, doing anything that's good for me well, good it. for me do you know what i mean yeah so i had a look today at the legislature yeah, to see mean. if there's like some sort of pilates yeah. class or something where i can move my backside yeah. and, and, and not just out of bed into the shower and then into the car do you know what i mean yeah. i need to yeah. do something because otherwise well, I, know the, you, I know what you mean it ticks by doesn't yeah, it? it's like I mean, a hamster wheel yeah i mean my daughter's grow well she's eight, 18 she's going on to university now uh but i brought her up on my own since she was seven years old so wow you know, I've got, she, she's going on for a good career. She's going to be a vet, so that's what she wants to train as. Hey, well done. You helped her do uh, that. Well, I'm, I'm not, I haven't got the brains. I mean, I've just I've just got her through and helped her with her own work when she come home from, from school and then carried her on and carried on like, you know, and now she's going on to university, so. How brilliant. Good, oh. luck, good luck to her, you know what I mean. I wish I could uh, say I didn't want to be in a dead-end job like me. <laughs> oh. oh, that's something. That's no. a huge accomplishment. Well, I'll try. i try. Well, you've succeeded. Uh, anyway, ladies, it's been nice talking to you. You I've too, to yes. I've got reverse back now. Okay. So you take care, Sarson. Nice to hear both of you back on again. All right, oh, thanks, thanks. Ian, uh, I mean, I miss you two when you're on. It's great when I can have a natter with you two. Me and all right, but I'd rather talk to the ladies. Yeah, <laughs> there we go, Alan. That kind of charm that's going to get you okay. places. Take care, Alan, and, and watch while you're so, reversing. Take care. Bye, bye. bye. Okay, bye-bye. If you bye-bye. want to give us a ring, you've got about 20 minutes. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Someone who's been desperately trying to get our attention on the um, tweets tonight is Travis. You know, earlier on when we were talking about dating and stuff. Yeah. Well, Travis started texting about, um, you know, how you manage if you don't don't get any um, success with the with the dating sites. Where, where, I'm just trying to find where it began because he sent us loads. All oh, right. Um, here we go. What do you do if online dating doesn't work? I get sick of hearing it's all about how someone looks. That's why I don't use online dating because I'm not going on photographs. So that's it then. Nothing you can do. What I'm asking really is I'd like to be in a relationship, but online doesn't work. So what do you do then? I don't have to fancy someone to go out with them. Personality and character means more to me than what someone looks like. So there's the thing. Well, shared interests. I mean, that's always the thing. Getting out and doing, uh, like working on a project together, um, going, even the gym is a thing. Um, I've met somebody at my one of the ballet classes that I go to. Um, so that's, uh, that was not expected. No, and statistically difficult, yes. I would imagine. Yes, for a straight man to be involved in that line of work. But uh, yeah, definitely um, in real life, IRL, to put yourself out there, it, do something, join a group that is something to do with your interests, whether it's, you know, Going to films, mm-hmm. making something, projects, volunteering. Night school, is that still a thing? Oh, classes. What yeah. a good idea. Classes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Classes are a great idea. Teddy wear is... Quit, jo- join a choir. Boom. There'll be loads of women there. Join a choir. I know. That, I want to join a choir. I know Amdram is a big thing. Yeah. I know a lot of marriages that have fallen apart because of Amdram and then... You know, oh, really? Oh, that, there you go. Yeah, That's a selling point. There, there is someone <laughs> I know who jokes that there is a block of a new sort of block of smart flats in a town near us. And it's populated by the Amdram dads who ended up having uh, to move out. because Amdram of Amdram dads. That is too funny. But, you know, I think that a lot of people, Amdram dads aside, I think a lot of people get to a, a certain age maybe with their partners, when the kids have got older and stuff and they realise that the stuff that kept them together in the first place, all that kind of biological imperative, Mm. has fallen by the wayside because the kids came along and then the kids have gone. And they look at what they've got left and and they realise there's not an awful lot Well, the kids suck the life out of them. Um, That's actually happened to a very dear friend of mine in America and she says that they're having, she and her husband are having the empty nest syndrome Their two daughters are off to university or off with their lives. And they've really drifted apart. Yeah. She's thrown herself into politics, so she's gotten really activistic. But isn't that meeting someone else ready to happen, isn't it? Getting passionate about something else. She's going to meet someone who floats her boat and is interested in the same things. Maybe, maybe. But maybe that's the way it should be. I don't know. I mean, I don't pass any judgment on... Oh, yeah. yeah. It's unusual for marriages to last these days, isn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, I don't want to advocate just staying with somebody out of habit or fear, a fear of the unknown, although those are very strong pulls for sure. But it is really hard to change horses in midstream (laughs) and to start a a new life in midlife. That's really tricky. But, yeah, the old... um, as evidenced by <clears throat> the Amdram dads and the fact that they've been frisky enough to get chucked out of their relationships, I guess all the action is happening with the thespians. Oh, well, they always have been rather free with their affections, haven't they? <laughs> I mean, that's always been the thing. And I guess, that, again, Amdram is a, is scratching the itch that may have been there before they had the kids, you know, yeah. before the kids were of an age where they could pop them to bed and then nip out for an hour and a half every you know, Thursday night, whatever it might be. Yeah, it's just doing something play playful because... Um, yeah, where it's fun and just for you. you yeah, know? fun and just for you. So whether, I mean, an, another good thing is um, learning to dance. I mean, that's sort of the classic thing because then you're allowed to touch somebody and it's well, more intimate. A few years ago, I used to, when I lived in Spain, I got quite into salsa. I loved it, right? And yeah. when you, here's the weird thing. I lived in Paris for six months and I found the men quite predatory. Mm. And but the Spanish guys were the ones my mum always warned me about because you know they've got the gift of the gab and you know they're, they're Mediterranean, kind of sensual and, and all that. Yeah, I had no. Tr- I mean, I found them a lot more respectful. Mm. Um, uh, I, I don't know why that is, but I found them a lot more respectful. And to be honest, very hot. Um, but w- when I lived out there, I, you know, you used to be able to dance with the guy, and there'd be nothing in it. It would be really good fun, and that would be it. And they yeah. would be able to dance, right? Yes. As a form of having a good time, like in the way that my grandparents met ballroom dancing, because yeah. that was their version of the disco, right? Yeah. So that goes on still. And in in the part of Spain where I used to go, it would get to sort of two o'clock in the morning. Bearing in mind, you'd only gone into the disco like. 12 because everyone's eating at 10 isn't yeah. it 
and um, flamenco music would come on and the guys would be dancing with the women and it, it was just, it was so impressive to me. It was great. Anyway, so dance is, is not considered a silly thing to do oh, and to be a good dancer over there is a source yeah. of pride. Well, it's know? the same, actually, in Texas, um, you were sneering somewhat at Texans, but one thing that, that is great about their culture is their love of the two-step and the fact that your real he-man cowboy types knows how to dance knows how to dance and it's that intermittent step that we've lost in this day and age between um meeting somebody of the opposite sex or the same sex and going into full-on dating it's Mm -hmm. just like a little transition where you can have a lovely encounter with somebody and an exchange and a shared moment and in an intimacy, yeah. because you are face to face and, ch- you know, cheek to cheek and hand to hand and you can take it further or not. And you can feel the frisson and you can also feel when it's not there, but it yeah. can be fun. It can be friendly, all that stuff. Yeah. So when I came back, I started doing um, going to salsa nights, right? Oh, yeah. But the vibe here is so much different. Really? Proper meat market. Oh. And the guys that can dance at those places tend to be, and this is a massive generalization, the guys that go there go so they can get a grip really oh they're getting a they're having a little uh, reach around yeah yeah how about that and then vastly outnumbered of course by women so if you want to dance you need to dance with these guys but it, there's definitely a different vibe i have a story like that but it's about um naked day at the sauna oh i want to hear about naked day at the sauna we'll hear about it after this Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Not just me, I've got Katie Puckwick in the studio. Yeah. And we are going at it hammer and tongues, and we've got another nine minutes of it. Listen, Travis has sent us, I reckon, about, I'm, I'm counting, but ba- barely, to be honest, I reckon about 10 messages one after the other. Travis, give us a ring because this is a conversation now. You're becoming our pen friend and I would much rather hear your voice. 0344 Um Talking about, you know, um, how you meet someone these days in these days of so much choice when it comes to online dating. But it would seem that there are also plenty of pitfalls. There's pitfalls. And we were just talking about the fact that uh, dancing in Spain was different to salsa dancing yeah. here in the UK. It just sort of, it's not part of the culture, and then people sort of adopt a predatory approach to it. And it reminded me of a situation, a fun, a fun day out with my friend Stella from Munich. And she suggested that we take in an afternoon at the spa, the local baths, where they had Turkish spa and they had a cold plunge pool and they had all these different heated treatment rooms. The Turkish spa is what when you get kind of beaten up a bit. You can't. Pummeled. Yeah, yeah, you can get pummeled. uh, But no, it's just different levels of steam. So there's like dry steam, wet steam, in between steam. uh, And the whole deal is, is that you are naked you can wrap a towel around yourself but basically it's bottoms to the four winds and normally they have ladies days and men's days and stella suggested the intrepid stella from munich german says oh let's just go on a mixed day she or she said the day and i looked it up and i said look it's mixed and that seems really weird to me like you know borderline swingers and she said you are so puritanical typical american and why don't you just relax? This is what this is how we do it in, in Germany. So if she'd been wearing anything, the gauntlet would have been thrown down. Right, right. So I was 
completely prudish and was totally togaed up in my towel. And she was just blithely skipping around in the all together. And there's men in there and there's women. And after a while, I decided that, okay, I guess I am just being very prudish and I'm being puritanical and American and I just need to relax. So at one stage, I threw caution to the wind, flung off my terry cloth toga and went leaping out into the common area where they had these pool, ta- these uh, like, uh, you know, umbrella tables around as mm-hmm. if it's some sort of resort area. And I went leaping into the plunge pool. And just before I submerged, I heard this man's voice yell out, Oi, Doris. Doris? Yeah, yelling at me, Doris. And that (laughs) that was his all-purpose expression. And then I just instantly got the idea, I don't think this is the kind of cool-with-it guy Stella had in mind. And so I kind of crawled out of the pool in an almost fetal position and then (laughs) scuttled up the stairs like a little crab and got to my locker as fast as I could to get another towel out. And all the while he's yelling, Doris, Doris. And then he came over to say hello. And then a minute later... You weren't seduced by that. I'm astonished. I I was really not compelled by that. Doris. And, And then a minute later, Stella comes over and goes, there's pervy men here looking at our naked bodies. So she led me into this den of iniquity. I tried to warn her off. Turns out the Puritan was correct in this situation. So when she says there were pervs in there, what did she mean? It means that, that they, there were Englishmen in there. They, yeah, she yeah. meant English people availing their eyeballs of our tender niblets. <laughs> and your kibbles and your bits. Is that not a bit racialist against us English men? <laughs> well, they were the one yelling Doris. Doris? What is Doris? God, uh, God I can only apologise yes. on behalf of my sex and my countrymen. <laughs> Eternally. I mean, an eternal it? state of shame and apology. The response to that, I mean, is it going to be, yes, let's go and make mad passionate love to each yeah, other. Yeah, let us mate now. One of my daughters said that to me a couple of years ago. He said, when these blokes bib their dri- and, and I'm not against lorry drivers, but he said, when these lorry drivers bib at me and shout, do they think I'm going to suddenly drop my knickers yeah, well. on, you know, Vauxhall High Street, 10.30 in the morning? <laughs> One can hope. <laughs> it must have happened once. <laughs> they were encouraged. I, I think it's too much 1960s farcical, you know, confessions <laughs> films. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I wonder if the carry-ons had a bit of that, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice pair. Those aren't bad either. And all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Babs Windsor has a lot to answer for. God bless her. <laughs> anyway, nice to see you, Paul Ross. Lovely to see you both. Great show as ever. What have you got coming up? Coming up on the show today, we're talking to a remarkable female academic, brilliant young woman uh, from the University of Bristol, who's worked out that everything we know about life on Earth is wrong. As I'm sure you both know, four and a half billion years ago, there was a collision which sterilised the Earth with another planet called Theia, and that created the Moon. They thought that uh, that life started 700 million years after that because of fossil records. This woman has worked out, and it's been approved by all kinds of people across the world. She's a paleobiologist. Wow. No, life started almost immediately after that mass sterilisation. And it's the most astonishing thing, because what she's done is she's discovered, with a colleague, but she's worked out something called the molecular clock, and she says, don't look at fossils. Fossils are dead, carbon dating, it can be distorted. We should look at what we've got in common in our own genome system with things like single-cell amoebas and trace it back, and then we can see where they come from. So everything we know about life on Earth, if we know anything at all, is completely wrong. We've got the woman on the programme tonight. Wow. Fascinating. Secret of life. Absolutely fascinating, yeah. And she's even now postulating... Come on, if life is that tenacious, then before this mass sterilisation, 
There must have been something. Exactly. Wow. There's more science fiction than... But it's a great story, isn't it? Yeah. And also, for the first time ever, I'm going to be speaking to somebody from the Sioux Nation because there is a live three-day powwow happening, and we're crossing off to find out what that was all about with some Sioux, you know, Native Americans, about their heritage, their culture, and what they're powwowing about, what they're talking about. Fantastic. So I'm looking forward to that on the show. What a great show. That's just the first ten minutes. Stick <laughs> around for four hours. <laughs> how, how come our show isn't like that? Well, because we have jealous swingers to address right. who get worried about who's putting whose socks Mind on. You, that was a lovely call of that guy who said, he was driving his wagon and his daughter's going to be a vet and stuff. I know, like amazing. Yeah, wonderful. So he's raised a sin- by himself since she was seven. I mean, the other yeah. thing is, Katie, I have no natural empathy. I can't deal with ordinary people. I'm fine <laughs> with people like me who are boffins with absolutely no kind of interest in other things apart from microbes and single-cell amoeba. You know, it's a, it's a gift. It's a curse and a blessing. You know, <laughs> <Yes>. it really is. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you have it, right? So th- that's going to be coming up from, well, the moment that the newsman stops talking. Yeah, 1am, we've got all that. We've also got, because um, it's a Thursday, we're off to the movies with John Hearn, our producer, as a filmmaker and film critic. Ah. We're looking at Black Klansman, which oh, I've not seen yet, I but it sounds oh, fantastic. A friend of mine who, is, who sees every movie, he's got a movie pass in America and he goes all the time. Um, usually very, very, very critical of movies and he doesn't like Spike Julie. Spike Lee. Spike Julius. Well, she's great. I was going to say Spike Jones. Jones. Why yeah. am I thinking? Oh, there he's the Sid Stickers. He's the Battle Bandley, wasn't he, Spike yeah. Jones? So he said he doesn't normally like his stuff. Loved that one. Oh, okay. Loved it. All anyway, right. we better go and let you do your thing. Marvelous. Thanks very much for your company tonight. See you tomorrow.